You're tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. This podcast will contain strong language and spoilers for decades-old media properties. Welcome, everybody. This is the podcast where we examine pop culture franchises of the VHS era and improv news stories right now off the dome to imagine how we might improve our favorite movies, TV shows, and games. I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we were raised by rentals. Mike, it's our sixth episode. Woohoo! <laughs> We've made it to the sixth episode. That last one was a bit of a doozy. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was interesting. That was a that was definitely a challenge uh, in our Street Fighter episode specifically. Uh, for anyone who may not have caught it, it was uh, I went into that one pretty nervous, and by the end, I felt you know very relieved that we had come up with something pretty interesting, uh, an interesting fantasy football style improv story take on what we would have done if we had made a Street Fighter movie instead of that terrible Jean Claude <laughs> Van Damme and Raul Julia. Uh, project that we got in 1994. <laughs> oh, it was so bad. <laughs> it was really, really bad. It was but really... no, I, I enjoyed it, and uh, it's the type of movie that, as a kid, I would, I would have been all over. Yeah, yeah. What's funny is I, I saw that. I saw that as I guess I was like 14, and I think I was like just old enough to realize how dumb it was. And then Same. I was like done with Street Fighter because I was like, "That's corny, man," you know. <laughs> and uh, you know, teenagers take everything think... too seriously. Yeah, I think that might have been one of the reasons that I got pushed further toward uh, Mortal Kombat than Street Fighter. <laughs> I was like, I still like Street Fighter, but not as much. <laughs> so. Yeah, and Mortal Kombat was like, you know, tougher and bloodier and more violent and, you know. <laughs> and, and um, monsters and ninjas. <laughs> yeah, all that cool stuff that, like, you know, teenagers like. But, yeah, I think if I'd seen it as a younger kid, I definitely would have been more into it. I think in a, a lot of our conversations here and on the Boogeyman's Closet, your other podcast – and, you know, and, and pretty much lots of the different conversations we've had, we tend to reference movies that we love that maybe not everyone else really understands why we love them so much. <laughs> yep. And some of it definitely has to be like the time and place, whether it's because it was the 80s and 90s and it was just a different time or because we were like so young that like you don't realize how corny it is. But all you realize is like, you know, Schwarzenegger was badass in Commando. <laughs> <laughs> At least to me when I was yes. a kid, like seeing it as an adult, I mean, I don't know, like would I have liked it as much? I mean, it's pretty corny, you know? <laughs> well, we'll find out because one of these days I would like to cover Commando. Yeah, that would be awesome. We should definitely <laughs> do that. Or like, or we talked about The Gate uh, on the Boogeyman's Closet uh, special not that long ago, which a movie I picked because I loved it so much when I was a kid. And yet mm-hmm. I knew like looking at it as an adult that it was going to be corny. But I remembered it being so good and so creepy, and, and then we watched it, and I'm, it was really because I wanted to see if it held up. I thought that would be, it would be an interesting episode to have, like, let's watch a horror movie we haven't seen in a long time, and let's see if it holds up. Mm. And uh, I think it did, except for a couple of really, really glaring uh, glaring things you know, that we talked about on your show. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, no, I had I. Had I seen that fresh now, you know, in my 40s, would I have enjoyed it? I mean, maybe as like a maybe laughing at it, you know, maybe so bad it's good. I don't know. I feel like watching it now, it would have felt like a throwback movie. So it might have had the Psycho Gorman effect. Yeah. Where it's like 
it's you can recognize what they're doing is over the top and cheesy, but it's so much fun and it's so nostalgic feeling that it would probably still be enjoyable. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Psycho Gorman definitely uh, hits all those buttons. But at the same time, it's like genuinely badass, right? So it's like, oh, God, yeah. yeah. The the effects are really like dated kind of on purpose, you know, like Mm -hmm. goofy on purpose. And you can kind of see that that's the aesthetic that they're going for, that they wanted it to just look like, you know, rad. (laughs) Um, But the characters that they created are just like genuinely badass. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember the names of them, but those kind of like intergalactic like monsters that come hunting for Psycho Gorman. And there's the one who's like a living cemetery. And it's like, holy shit, what a great idea. (laughs) uh, We could go on about that movie forever because I I absolutely adore it. I'm I'm super excited because I I backed um, they had like a. Uh, throwback kind of Kenner style action figures of um, Psycho Gorman himself and the I forget the angel's name but the, the angel huntress mm-hmm. that was in it um, so they have these two Kenner style action figures and it was like right around the time the movie was coming out to, to DVD they put it out there limited run it was like 35 bucks so I'm like you know what I love the film I'm back in this I just got the notification the other day that they've shipped so I'm oh, like nice. eagerly awaiting my my Psycho Gorman figures. <laughs> That's awesome. That's how I feel about the the comic book anthology project, which I haven't received any notice of it shipping yet. But uh, the the publisher, you know, checks in uh, from time to time. Uh, and now the, the name the name of the publisher is escaping me, which is a shame because it's a really cool name. And uh, this, but yeah, Psycho Gorman being a Canadian movie, and there's a comic book publisher based out of Canada that put together an anthology of like short Psycho Gorman comics and mm-hmm. uh, got got like some pretty cool. Uh, industry you know known industry artists and writers plus some independent dudes to come on and man it just looks really really awesome i mentioned it on one of your big man's closet episodes because i featured it on comics boost uh, as a yeah. uh, on kickstarter and oh man it just looks so freaking cool i cannot wait to get it in the mail i don't always you know like I, I love a lot of the books that I book, I I support on Kickstarter, but sometimes there's just like those books that stand out, and I just like, oh man, I'm just chomping at the bit. Yeah, uh, Lethal Lethal Comics. That's the name of the publisher, Lethal Comics. Nice. Anyway, so we're not, not here to talk about Psycho Gorman uh, or The Gate <laughs> or Commando, <laughs> uh, but you know we do want to we do want to talk about another movie that that's from uh, the 80s and 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 uh, and really from that time period that. Some people, my wife included, just think is just god awfully corny and stupid, uh, <laughs> which is uh, Predator, right? We got to talk about Predator, yep. uh, and not just the Predator from 1987, uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger vehicle that launched, uh, you know, the franchise, but the franchise as a whole. I wanted to kind of talk about it, uh, or you and I should say, I should say wanted to talk about it. There were. What is it now? Four Predator movies that, uh, and then there are two spinoffs: the Alien versus yes. Predator spinoffs. And but then there's one a, on the way. Yeah, that's right. There's one on the way. Uh, Prey, mm-hmm. uh, which is you know a cool Predator Prey. I wonder if they if they'll end up doing a third movie and what that title would look like. Um, yeah. But yeah, plus there's been a whole bunch of like novels and comics and you know video games, video games and, and yeah. all kinds of stuff. Uh, I have more experience with the comics. I mentioned I forget what episode of the Boogeyman's Closet was. I kind of told a story about one of the Predator comics that I thought was really cool that that sets up the same concept that we see at the end of the second movie. But before we get into all of that, you know, Mike, what do you think about the Predator? Tell us a little bit about the Predator and like what your like experience with the franchise is. Oh, I, I absolutely love it. I, um, 
I saw the first movie in the theater with my dad and my brother, and I became obsessed with it from that point on. Uh, I think I, I might have mentioned this on the Boogeyman's Closet episode, um, but uh, after seeing it, I was playing the playing Predator with all of my friends in the neighborhood. So it was like we got our toy guns together and, uh, you know, got um, like I, I took a uh, I, I want to say it was a Kleenex box. It was a small box, but I took two plastic knives and like shoved it through. So it was just the blades were sticking out. And then I taped <laughs> the box to my arm. Nice. <laughs> so like I had the Predator glove or the Predator uh, gauntlet. And um, yeah, we we played for for days after all seeing that like just loved loved the concept then i remember seeing predator 2 uh on video i didn't see that one in the theater but uh as a kid i was confused i was like you know where's dutch <laughs> like he, yeah. he lived why why did we why isn't there more dutch but i quickly didn't care because of how fun that movie is and i i mean i loved it um, I still love Predator 2. Like, I think I watch Predator 2 more than Part 1, even though I like Part 1 better. Um, it's just Predator 2 is so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> I really dig that film. But uh, I, I love uh, I, I love the first AVP for, for all of its craziness. Like, it's just a fun, you know, popcorn movie, big giant effects. Mm-hmm. I love that film. Uh, you and I discussed a little off the air. I'm not as big of a fan of Requiem. Um, I originally would say i hated requiem having watched it critically uh because i've only watched it twice now once originally and then once before this show and i don't hate it it's actually a, a decent film but i'm bored i think it's and i think you you said it best when you had said that it's all these cw actors like everybody looks like they walked out of a cw show <laughs> yeah. and like and yeah, and they're boring. Like there's no real I don't like any of the characters. <laughs> so I I think other than the cool pred alien hybrid um and like the fights between the predator and the aliens, there's nothing there for me to glom onto. So I'm like, eh, I could take it or leave it, but I, I won't say it's it's not worth watching. Um and then Predators, I dig, but there was so much more I wanted from it. And then most recently, The Predator, I, I freaking love that movie. I, I really think it's a lot of fun. I love all the characters. Um, you had mentioned it's a little long, and, and it definitely is. <laughs> There's quite a bit they could have trimmed. But yeah, I really like the concept, and I love the characters of that film. So I'm, I'm a big fan overall of the franchise. Uh, I've played a lot of the video games. I've read a lot of the comic books. Um, absolutely adored the Kenner action figure line. I know we're not talking about that, but... <laughs> <laughs> It was one of my favorite childhood toys. So. <laughs> I never yeah, had any I'm a huge fan. Oh, yeah, that's fun. awesome. Yeah, I never had any of those. I, as we mentioned on a recent episode of Count Creepyhead's Saturday Morning Monster Mash, uh, Hydra Viper was my stand-in for the Predator yep. as a G.I. Joe, <laughs> even though he's like the same size as the G.I. Joe's. Although I would always uh, find like larger uh, toys like my Hawkman or my Tex-Hex or whatever, you know, or a He-Man figure of some kind, because if it wasn't like the Predator specifically – it needed to be like a big monster, right? That oh, my, my paramilitary, you know, uh, unit had to go up against, <laughs> you know, heavily, heavily influenced uh, by the predator. And uh, I think that's podcast, yeah, Yahtzee. I think we mentioned all the podcasts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. um, um, but yeah, so I, I had the, the uh, flip flop uh, in terms of how I saw the first two movies. I saw the first one 
probably pretty close after it came out, 87, 88, whenever it was on VHS for the first time, I definitely, we, we would have rented that movie. Uh, my dad really liked action movies. You know, we would, we would get like, you know, Robocop and lethal weapon and things like that. So I know we definitely rented that one. And I was just enamored with it, just like hypnotized (laughs) by it, you know, (laughs) Uh, you invited me on the Boogeyman's Closet when you guys covered that, and that was so such a great time to to have a chance to talk about that movie and kind of go into all the all the nerdy stuff. Uh, and then I saw Predator Two in the theater in 1990 when it came out, so I would have been 10 years old. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I rem- my memory is going with my brother, and there not being very many people in the theater, like not quite empty, but pretty close to it. So we probably saw it at that like second run theater, the Four Seasons. They probably just didn't give a shit that there was like these you know 10 and 12 year old kids going into an R-rated movie uh <laughs> and uh or whatever it was rated and uh but yeah i loved part two right from the beginning and i remember my brother being the one who you know in my memory being the one who's like oh like what happened to schwarzenegger and like why, why was it so different and and i really really enjoyed it while being yeah disappointed that dutch wasn't in it as a character but yeah. I just thought from even at from 10 years old, thinking that, man, take the predator out of the jungle and put it in a concrete jungle. And you know, yeah. and maybe I didn't have that vocabulary at 10 years old. But, you know, I just thought it was so cool to put seeing them in this different setting. And I love seeing the predator in those different settings. And I know that a lot of the yeah. Dark Horse comics brought him into like cities and modern day settings. Uh, and, you know, I was reading the Dark Horse comics as much as I could get my hands on them back in the 90s. A lot of them are, were expensive. Those Dark Horse, like, licensed properties, they did so many of them, like Alien and Predator and Star Wars and Indiana Jones, and the list goes on and on and on. Um, you know, licensed properties kind of made Dark Horse before they had some of their tentpole characters, like The Mask and Hellboy. And, uh, um, but they were, some of them are so expensive. Like, I was just recently looking up one of the comics, which I'm actually going to mention in a little bit when we get a little bit further down, down our conversation path here. And I was like, man, this comic was like $2.50 in 91 or 92 when comics right. cost like a dollar or a dollar 25. Maybe they were like a buck 50, you know, maybe some of the yeah. image comics got to be that expensive after a while, but 250 in like 1991 or 1992, I just couldn't afford that, you know, and it was the 90s and, you know, before inflation, like a $5 allowance for the week got me five, four or five comics and that's all I could afford. And yep. so I and I used to like look at these Dark Horse comics and just be jealous that I didn't get to read them because I love Predator so much. Um, and of course, you know I've read I've read some since, but yeah, I I didn't watch all the movies up until recently, and I will say I really enjoyed the first Alien versus Predator, even though it's corny as hell. Mm-hmm. But I love it so much. I really think that the concept of the story is just perfect. Uh, maybe maybe a little, you know, on the nose, a little, oh, a little yeah. perfect, but, but like so perfect. It's so perfect. To, it was a perfect way to have the Predator race and the Xenomorph alien race, you know, have interaction with each other. And you really saw both characters as both villains and kind of sympathetic heroes at the same time. Like there was mm-hmm. reasons to, to see them both from those perspectives, which I thought was pretty smart. Honestly, my only real problem with the movie was just the really, really clunky expository info dump dialogue. (laughs) Yeah. So much of. But, yeah, I love Lance Hendrickson. And, man, it was just I love that they had like a woman of color who came out at the end as like the the human, like, you know, badass. 
And uh, yeah, and then just recently saw Alien vs. Predator Requiem for the very first time and very much like the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, which I didn't bother to watch at first because my only experience with it was people telling me how terrible it was. And mm-hmm. so I, I finally watched it and I really liked it. <laughs> you know? And you were one of the people telling me that you didn't oh, like it. <laughs> I couldn't stand it. <laughs> and I yeah and like you mentioned you know I had a lot of criticisms about the movie in terms of like every single character is fucking white it's like so white like you know what it's like it's like whiter, whiter than Jean-Claude Van Damme's fucking nostrils you know like <laughs> exactly <laughs> it was like one dude that was like I guess supposed to be Latino you know and uh but yeah everybody's so pretty and with their like frosted tips and honestly it was the same pro- same problem that I had with uh with the cast in Friday the 13th of the remake in 2009 not that they were all white but they were all just so pretty and perfect looking yeah, it's that you know? CW look it's a CW yeah look. You know. It's just uh, these like you know young actors that have these baby faces, and it's like I just don't give a shit because all I see is some twerp. You know, it's like you know I'm waiting for someone to come smack you upside the head because you're a dumbass. You know, like I can't <laughs> I can't sympathize with you being you know some just just a twerp. You know, right. uh, yeah. But I really liked it just in terms of the story. I thought it was a cool follow up to Alien vs Predator. I but I also liked that they did a total switch to like an entirely different setting. I thought the genre was kind of flipped because it was way more straight horror, whereas the first Mm -hmm. AVP was like way more sci-fi action, you know? Uh, But yeah, it was too fucking dark. You couldn't see a lot of stuff. But what what I liked about it, even more so than, of course, the Predalien, Predator-Alien hybrid was was badass, let's just be honest. Uh, But what I think I liked about the most about it was the, the, the townsfolk trying to survive. And having having just recently seen the remake of The Crazies and Slither for the first time, oh, oh my god, Slither was so good, so good. And but both of those are are movies where the entire some entire town in the middle of nowhere is just wiped the fuck out. Um, yep. And you have a small band of survivors, and it's like the tension is just palpable. I'm like, are they going to make it? Like, like they're trying to escape an entire town. And, you know, there's so many like corners for some threat to be hiding around, you know? And, uh, and that's what I enjoyed about AVP Requiem was I had that same, that same, um, you know, sort of tension. And my favorite character was the sheriff who was just trying to rescue the town and, you know, just blundering through it because, you know, like, like anybody, he's like, he doesn't know, yeah. he doesn't know all the answers. He doesn't, he's just doing the best thing he can and yeah, make it small town sheriff you know yeah and i just thought it was really good you know that was really the best part of it is i really just liked those those particular uh concepts but yeah and then to kind of wrap this up a little bit uh predators i really really like it i will say that but i find that one to be a little bit boring um Mm. i don't really buy adrian brody as this gravel talking badass you know (laughs) (laughs) i don't really buy it uh from him but I liked, I really liked the callbacks to the first two movies. I really liked the complete shift in tone and setting, you know, and taking the humans and making them, you know, the titular predators. Uh, I really liked the cast. I thought the cast was pretty good. Even I, I even like Adrian Brody, just maybe not in that role, but in general, right. I like him. And, you know, come on, Danny fucking Trejo's in it. So you got to give it points for that. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I just find it it's a little bit boring because there really aren't a lot of predators in it. Like, yeah. in terms of, like, screen time, there's really not. There's really not there a whole lot i think that that could have benefited from being a longer movie 
Whereas the Predator, I fucking loved it. It was so good. Yeah, my main criticism was that it had like too many acts. Like I was trying to count up how many like little mini climaxes there were, and I swear it's like an eight act play. Like it's <laughs> it's so many. Like just kept shifting, you know, the tension and uh, the MacGuffin and the setting over and over and over again. But I I, I loved it. It was so well made. Uh, it was. I was afraid when I saw trailers and I didn't watch it right away because I was like, oh man, like they have this like star-studded cast of like funny people and it's, they're just going to try to make it goofy. And I didn't want to see that. I wasn't interested in the predator with like Keegan-Michael Key hamming up the whole time, you know, right. but I was wrong because it was, it was yeah. awesome. The cast just fucking nailed it. That little like paramilitary group of loonies. Oh yep. man, so many great callbacks to the first couple movies, but like done respectfully. Like I didn't groan when they were yelling like "Get to the choppers," you know. Yeah. <laughs> I actually thought it worked really well. <laughs> that line is said in so many of these movies. It really. Oh, it really is. Yeah, there's so many callbacks to the dialogue in the Predator. You know, uh, I forget the main character's name, but she she looks at the Predator and she's like, instead of saying like "You're one ugly motherfucker," she's like "You're one beautiful motherfucker." Yeah. And there's callbacks to Gary Busey's character in Part Two, and yeah. I, I loved it. it was so respectful it was re- it was a respectful sort of like um not quite a reboot but like it had all that reboot stuff in it where you kind of redo things from the previous movies and you do all these callbacks but they did it in a really respectful way while still making it work as a sequel and even bringing in elements from predators and even bringing in elements from alien versus predator requiem because there was that really interesting epilogue uh, at the end of alien versus predator requiem where they tie it into the fact that, like, you know, Mr. Wayland is in the first AVP and then Mizutani is in the second AVP, and that has the connection to the Alien Xenomorph franchise. But I thought it was cool because they were dropping, like, little hints, and they probably were just stingers that didn't get, mean anything at the time. But Shane Black, like, made it work, you know, and, and he, I thought he tied everything up with a nice, neat little bow and still gave us a little a little opening, you know, cliffhanger for a sequel. So uh, Until Ridley Scott came in and said... <laughs> Fuck all that. I'm going to do my own thing. A Ugh. robot made the aliens. Blah. <laughs> oh, I fucking hate him. <laughs> Sorry. That's a co- <laughs> Covenant's one of those films that just makes my blood boil. <laughs> because oh, yeah. Pr- I, and again, I'm in this I'm in the very small camp that thinks Prometheus had promise. Like I saw Prometheus and I'm like, OK, yeah, I recognize its flaws, but I like where it's going. I like some of the concepts there's definitely some major flaws. I'll give it that. But I was excited for a sequel. And then Ridley Scott heard that Neil Blumkamp was talking about, you know, rebooting the Aliens franchise. And he basically came and took his ball and went home. You know, Ridley Scott had said multiple times he wasn't going to do anything with the Aliens. He didn't want to do the Xenomorphs. He wanted to do something with the Engineers. And so he was planning this whole Prometheus saga and then because people were like, hey, let's have more aliens. He's like, oh, only me. I can do the aliens. My turn. And then he comes in and does this god awful mess and tries to tie it into Prometheus. And it was just stupid. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would agree with all of that. That Prometheus, it was ham fisted, but like there was ideas there, you know, that could have worked, you know, and do something interesting. But uh, but we're not here to talk about Alien, and we've gone <laughs> we've gone on a lot about uh, the Predator franchise. So let's let's kind of get into the meat and potatoes of like why we are here. And I, I specifically wanted to go through 
you know, our impressions and quick little summaries of the movies. And we didn't really get into the whole um, a whole like plot breakdown uh, because, you know, across the, the four or six movies, depending on how you look at it. But I just kind of wanted to you know throw it out there in terms of like this is kind of where it went, because I while I loved Predators and the Predator there was just way too much time between Predator 2 and having a true sequel. Yeah, I agree. Right. Because Predator 2 came out in 1990. Predators came out in 2010. So it's, you know, 20 years between uh, straight Predator movies. And, the, and, of course, in the meantime, we got those two AVPs, which are divisive, we will say. You know, some people right. really like them. You know, and I'll say I like them because they're like – they're stupid popcorn action movies. Like, are they good movies? Fuck no. <laughs> but, but they're fun to watch, you know, and right. that's, you know, they're, they're fun, beat them up, dumb action movies. Uh, and, uh, like I, <laughs> some of the, some of the, I won't get into it, but some of the death scenes in AVP Requiem, I thought <laughs> were pretty fun. Um, <laughs> but way too much time, 20 freaking years between sequels of a, of a franchise that was working. Like, I don't yeah. know what the box office was like on Predator 2, but it couldn't have been that bad. And, you know, I, I'm sure that it was not as good as they wanted. And I'm sure it was probably disappointing in comparison to, you know, the original Predator. But when you switch out the lead and you switch out, especially when your lead is Arnold Schwarzenegger, and you switch him out for a guy like Danny Glover, who all respected Danny Glover, like he wasn't really seen as an action star. He was in Lethal no. Weapon, but he was like the old guy, you know? Saying, he's always been too old for this shit. Like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love Danny Glover, but yeah, he's always been too old for this shit. Yeah, and they had an, an awesome, uh, just like in the first movie, they had an awesome uh, supporting cast, right? In, mm-hmm. uh, in uh, what's his name, uh, Paxton, right? And Gary Busey are in Predator 2, but they just don't really, they don't really save the movie. So again, I have no idea what the box office was like. Obviously not good enough to get a third movie, but we're talking about the early 90s and the late 80s. It was the height of the action movie uh, success. I mean, we already mentioned Lethal Weapon, you know, and there's things like you know speed and hell steven seagal was popular at the time you know <laughs> yep. and there was so many so many like tentpole action movie franchises were just churning out movie die hard was on top of the world with multiple sequels you know and uh well at least you know at least three at the time so i always wondered i always wondered even outside of raised by rentals where we come on here and kind of imagine what could have been but i always wondered why never we didn't ever why did we never get a predator three in the 90s yeah yeah now that's that's something that's bugged the hell out of me as a kid too especially when you know we were getting comic books we were getting video games we were getting toys i was like where is the new predator movie you know it's like why weren't we getting that yeah it's the same question i had about indiana jones like why did it take so long to get kingdom of the crystal skull and like say what you will about whether it's a good movie or not but like that was a really popular franchise again spun off yeah. of novels and novels and a tv show and comic books and everything like where was indie four you know back in the 90s right um right. as man you know and last crusade was such a such a major hit but anyway so i say let's you know, imagine let let's improv improve the, the Predator franchise by saying, look, there should have been a Predator three in the 90s, post 1990. And I'll drive the point home by pointing out that Terminator 2, T2, one of the biggest action movies of all time, one of the most successful movies of the 90s, a, you know, genre defining 
cultural impacting movie came out in 1991 right and Mm -hmm. just completely like changed the landscape for not only action movies but sci-fi action movies hell we even got more alien movies after that um so you can take a horror movie like terminator and i don't you know people are going to scream at me that the terminator is a thriller or a sci-fi no it's a fucking horror movie it's a movie (laughs) it's a it's a monster who refuses to stop hunting a completely innocent person for hardly any reason whatsoever it is a fucking horror movie full of gore (laughs) and violence and that endoskeleton in the last scene with the glowing red eyes is fucking nightmare fuel you know especially for kids in the (laughs) 80s so shut up terminator is a horror movie but terminator 2 is not it's not a horror movie they did they did a genre flip put out this amazing like high concept action movie much in the vein of james cameron's uh aliens right where he kind of took he took alien which is like a haunted house movie in space and turned it into you know an action thriller and so why didn't we get that with predator we had the first predator is arguably a horror movie the second predator you you get that that street level action that was big at the time where was my p3 predator 3 (laughs) plus part part two was very that one was more of a thriller because it was yeah. a lot of like, you know, uh, nobody nobody knew who was doing the killing. Like, obviously, the audience knew. But, you know, it's like the cops were trying to put the pieces together. And it was, you know, there was like plenty of creep out scenes, like the scene on the subway where the Predator's invisible and mm-hmm. coming after uh, friggin' Paxton with the the whole speaking the little kid line of want some candy. Like, Wah. it's still <laughs> creepy. But, yep. yeah, there, there was a lot of horror elements. So, yes, I agree. Why didn't we get a big, like... You know, uh, huge set pieces, big explosions, lots of effects style uh, action film with the Predator franchise when the iron was still hot. <laughs> you know, like exactly, we, we right. definitely should have got that. Yeah. The, and the audiences were clamoring for more movies like Aliens and like T2, uh, where you take a horror or just any kind of like, you know, popular movie and just turn it up to 11 with special effects and action set pieces, you know, and just go balls out. And I think that predator deserved that. And it would have been a huge success if we had gotten it. So let's, uh, let's get it right. Let's do it. Let's, let's say, I, 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 I don't want to do anything that would uh, make predators and the predator like, uh, invalid you know i don't want to invalidate the fact that we got those sequels because they're dope and and, I, and yeah. avp avp is awesome too i think i think both of them are worth existing but i yeah. think that there you can insert a movie in you know the mid 90s uh that would just be a really cool addition to this franchise so mike what do you think how do we where do we start any ideas yeah um actually uh i i think well first things first we had talked about this a little bit off the air just to kind of give a little transparency here. We were talking about locations and we were trying to figure out a good location to, to have this film take place. And um, we've already seen him in the jungle. We've seen him in the big city. Uh, you know, technically we've seen him in, in the snow too over in, in AVP. So mm-hmm, we wanted mm-hmm. uh, something a little different. You had suggested a, a big flatland area. And, and I think that, uh, having some desert mixed in would be a lot of fun too. So we, we are talking about setting it in Texas. Um, okay. Yeah. I think uh, we're to, like where, where I want to go with it is I want to have it to be <clears throat> like a military town or somewhere where you're going to have like a military base nearby. I want to keep that military presence. 
uh, not only for the body count, but also for the big explosions, tanks, all the equipment we would need. And um, I had mentioned uh, Fort Bennings is the the one I was thinking of. Or no, I'm sorry, not Fort, Fort Bennings. It was a Fort Hood. Fort Hood, yeah, there's a Fort, Fort Hood. Hood. Uh, not that far north of where I live. Uh, uh, it's up near Waco, north of yes. Austin, south of Dallas. So we're, we're looking at possibly Killeen, Texas would be the the main um, the main city, the okay. main town. Yeah, yeah. But and I, and again, I don't live, live that far from Colleen, and yeah, I can attest that it's you know it's a military town and it's a tech town as well. So, um, but it's also you know like little like Main Street America kind of town as well. Right. So what I'm what I'm thinking is um, we're we're gonna take some cues from T2, and as much as this might annoy some some people. We need to have the John Connor character. We need to have a young avatar for the people who are going to be buying all the merchandise. <laughs> so we need to have like, that kid. Uh, I was thinking, let, let's have like a teenage girl. So a John Connor age, but, you know, young girl, maybe the daughter of one of the main characters will have like, I don't know, some military dude. Maybe he's a, a guy helping out with the, the training exercises at the, the military games, what have you. I didn't really think about characters too much in, in the the brief little bit I was thinking of before the show. Um, but my main point is I want to have the Predator land outside of this town where there's going to be well-trained fighters for him to go up against. But I want to let you, I want to give you a chance to jump in here because I have a twist. <laughs> so okay, I'll, yeah, so I'll let you, you go ahead and jump in. Yeah, before you get to the twist, um, you know, I'll say too, you know, pull back the curtain is we, we, we didn't talk too much about this idea ahead of time outside of like this is kind of the vibe i'm going for and you kind of told me this is kind of the vibe i'm going for so we wouldn't be mm -hmm. just stepping all over each other trying to argue you know two different points and so right. yeah we, we kind of decided you know i i think something wide open no cover right would be or i should yeah. you know not not as much uh, opportunity for like you know hiding in like big trees or in you know skyscrapers and dark alleyways like you know i want it to be harder for a character like the predator you know to hide because i think it would it would be it would it would we would get to see the character adapt its hunting style to a different environment you know it maybe throw a predator character off guard a little bit by you know not really having a lot of places to you know to kind of escape to you can't just take to the trees right <laughs> if there aren't a lot right. of those you know and, and again i live in texas and i can tell you it's like you know it's it's wide open spaces you know <laughs> yeah uh, it's funny that they call this this part of central texas hill country and it's it's laughable coming coming from western <laughs> new york like these are not hills you know <laughs> these are these are these are you know slight a slight little roll in the ground but i wouldn't exactly call of the hill it's 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 a uh, wide you know flat and wide open as far as you can see uh really and um central texas isn't quite as flat as west texas uh, like el paso where i lived when i first moved back to uh texas in 2008 and i remember leaving the airport and uh getting in, in my father-in-law's car to drive to his house and just looking around and as we drove out of this uh you know city area and we were kind of on the outskirts of town driving out to the suburb that he lived in i remember just looking and getting vertigo because i could see so far to the horizon and coming from western new york where there's you know hills and mountains and gorges and trees and elevation changes i am just not used to seeing so far across you know such flat ground that i literally had to like look away like my eyes hurt and i was not yeah. used to used to that experience so yeah so 
my point being that, yeah, it's definitely very flat. And that's what I wanted to do is I want to take a Predator character, uh, you know, probably not the same one because we had uh, our Predators die in the first two movies. Uh, and I want to I want to take the Predator and put him into an environment where he's not going to be as confident, throw him off guard a little bit and have have it so that if we can take our Predator and turn him into prey a bit and i'll get into a little bit more about what why i think that and that, that and you mentioned you had mentioned this military concept of putting and putting it near a military base because we need those characters and those weapons and those tanks and vehicles and things for big action pieces you know if we're not going to have that have this set in like you know new york or la or you know a war zone it's like well where, where are we going to get our big action set pieces from and we can do that with like military gear um and so, yeah, I think it would be interesting if we had a, took a predator and put him into a situation where he was prey and then we can, you know, we, the audience can kind of sympathize a little bit with with our character because, you know, he's a bloodthirsty monster and we'll kind of talk about what he's going to do. But at the same time, like he's not just up against five, six, seven guys. He can take out one by one by one and go hide in the trees like there's thousands of people here. <laughs> yep. So do you, do you want me to tell you my twist idea? Yeah, yeah. Jump, go jump in and I'll tell you a little bit more about what I'm thinking, too. I want to get into a little bit more about a possible like comic book tie in. But, yeah, tell me what you're thinking. So so here's here's the main idea that, that I kind of came up with a couple hours before the show. <laughs> Just kind of was like, hey, wait a sec. This could work. So we have the Predator. We have him, you know, kill off a couple different characters. You know, we'll have we'll have all that like maybe first half hour of the movie we'll have some uh predator versus human action right um only to find out there's more than one there oh okay and the reason our predator the one we've been following is there is because there are three poachers oh, so the, pre okay. the predators have always been hunters they've always followed yeah. some rule set whether it be, uh, you know, keep in mind, I know we changed the rules for the Predator and Predators and all that. But up until this point in the 90s, we knew of the Predators as like an honorable hunter type thing. So to have a group that are just going planet to planet poaching, just killing and taking oh, and okay. they have all sure. these different trophies. and all, So it's like a rogue group of Predators. Now, the reason I wanted to have this is because I wanted to have their little, like, trophy menagerie. Mm -hmm. I wanted, at some point in the film, one of their trophies to be uh, a xenomorph egg in, in stasis. Ooh, okay. So we could All introduce right. it, because we've been talking about, like, we, we get the hint at the end of Predator 2. Alien versus Predator video games are out at this time. Uh, Alien versus Predator comic books are out at this time. The toy line is out. Everyone would be expecting it. We have to have some kind of xenomorph, uh, whether it be a stinger at the end or maybe the final act, um, some kind of thing with the xenomorph. But I was thinking three villainous predators who are just basically they're, they're throwing their whole, you know, hunting, uh, whatchamacallit, honor to the wind. Just like, sure. Oh, that kid doesn't have a weapon. Shoot him in the skull. Who cares? Like, so these things are like monster predators. And then the predator that the military is after, the one that they're trying to hunt down, is actually the one trying to stop the rogue predators. Ooh, so okay. Maybe because again, like you know, the T one, the the T eight hundred versus the T one thousand type of idea, mm -hmm. exactly. where you you, you still want to have your hero character, but all the kids are going to want the cool predator toy. <laughs> so we got to have our yeah. hero predator, and maybe he's not super heroic. Like 
maybe he doesn't uh, attack human like he, he has his honor. He won't attack humans that don't have weapons. Um, and maybe he works with this little girl character that we're talking about, this teenage girl, I should say, um, and her family. You know, maybe he actually works with them to try to hunt these other ones down. But he's still not above killing a human if they come at him. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's still kind mm-hmm. of a bad guy uh, yeah. or still kind of a predator, I should say. So that's that's kind of the concept I had. OK, no, that, that's awesome. That's awesome. And actually, I had one other thing I wanted to introduce, and it was really more of like a story idea, because I, I was kind of thinking about the theme of like making the predator into the prey. And obviously it fit right into what you're talking about. Um, and, and I really wanted to introduce um, big game hunting or just hunting humans hunting game as an element into the story. And that's actually a big part of why I wanted to go for open ground as well. Not just because it kind of exposes our alien invader, our predator, you know, invader, but it gives us an opportunity to introduce some human characters kind of slowly before Mm -hmm. we get into like a well-populated area. And so what I'm thinking is we have hunters It's Texas there's lots of hunters, there's lots of game, you know, there's boar, there's, um, you know, deer, there's, uh, man, in fact, boar are kind of like open, open season. Like you can kind of yeah. just go and kill wild pigs as much as you want, really. Um, and so, yeah, what I'm thinking is we have, and this is, I think this actually really works because I, I think we can fit these two together really, really easily because I'm just picturing in my head a, 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 a scene where, our you know our our predator and let's and let we have we keep using the word predator so like let's come up with some names like we did with um our christmas of 13 characters and i'm not saying like you know what's his given name but we can kind of call him something and yeah. so maybe he maybe he's like the you know he's the he's a poacher hunter so he's like the the warden right he's or okay, yeah. or or the uh the the constable or something like that like he has this he has this position like it's a uh, a position of authority, like some kind of like a police officer or a, a U.S. marshal, you know, that kind of a thing, right? right? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'll just, I'll just call him the marshal for now until something better comes up. So our marshal predator, um, yeah, you know, let's. I want to slow down and kind of go through the story beats, but I, yes, I, yes. I, I picture him, he's out there like on the range, you know, following mm-hmm. clues, and he comes across a group of hunters who are out there, you know, hunting game, hunting wild pig. And, you know, they just see this monster and now they're they're coming after him. Uh, and, and this this group of hunters are trying to kill the predator. And, you know, he's a he's a badass hunter killer. So he's going to you know, right. he's going he's gonna to stop some of them. But maybe this is a, this is the place where we can introduce this like uh, John Connor style, like child character that you were talking about. Like, let's say we have this this hunter killer predator. He gets you know, he comes across these big game hunters and, you know, he starts, you know, taking him down like, oh, you know, people with guns, like just, you know, he, he's not only just taking them out because he can, he sees them as a threat, maybe as always kind of looking for like, oh, you got any, any alpha males amongst you, any, any, any right. big warriors, you know, but maybe what he sees is that because again, it's Texas, right. And, and hunt, hunting is a part of the, of the lifestyle, the culture this is not just like a couple of dudes out, you know, for sport on the weekend, but there's like a whole family group out here. Like they're like camping, right? Yeah. There's okay. mothers, mothers, there's kids. And so, you know, you have these hunters who are out here taking this predator down and I'm picturing this like, you know, 12, 13 year old girl who like, you know, her mom sends her out to like, Oh, go find the boys and bring them their lunch. You know, and yeah. and so she comes out here completely unarmed, adolescent. She's the kind of character that a predator is not going to touch. And we and we saw that 
more so like in the later sequels, the more recent sequels. But we saw enough in the first two movies that they def- they they made the rules that you know the predator is not going to harm you if you are not armed, if you are not a warrior, right? Right. Of some kind. So he doesn't want to hurt this girl, and so. Um, you know, help me out here, but maybe he stops his attack because he doesn't want to hurt an innocent, or maybe he's thrown off just enough that like the hunters kind of get the, they kind of get the, um, the, the advantage of them that, you know, they, they get the one up and maybe they like knock, knock away his weapon system or something like something that puts him on the run. Cause what I, I that's what I want. I want to, I want to have with the predator on the run from this group of of hunters who have you know the the highest tech gear that you know human human big game hunters can have and okay. suddenly we have our we have our hunter killer who's out here trying to track these these uh these poachers but he's been distracted because now he's on the run and uh you know somehow this girl gets caught up in it with him. Like she goes on the run with him or he kidnaps her or there's like a misunderstanding and somehow like they, they kind of get into, into it together. You know what I mean? Okay. All right. Here's, here's the first thing that went through my head of like how to get the predator to stop. So you have the predator, uh, like maybe he's, so we don't know as the audience, we don't know what he's tracking. We just know there's one predator at this point. So he's there, he comes across these hunters you know, maybe he he monitors them for a minute. He sees, you know, they hey, they're all well armed. They're hunting down, you know, the these boar, whatever it is that they're hunting. Somehow a fight breaks out, whether it be like the predator reveals itself or uh, maybe he takes one of them out, whatever it is. But definitely fight between the hunters and the predator. He's running around, turning invisible, shooting them, all that stuff. Now introduce this this young girl. We got to come up with a name for her. Um, I don't know. I just want to call her like Jane because we had John Connor. We got Jane. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of something that instead we keep instead of so we don't have to keep saying this girl. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, that that's fine. Uh, um, the, the name Maria came into my head for some reason. I was All talking right. about the I was talking about the first movie to somebody recently, and I kept calling the Anna or Anna character Maria. Like I just kept mixing up the name for whatever reason in my head, and now. I, I keep wanting to call her Maria. So whatever, we'll just, let's just go with that since it's okay. stuck in my head. All right. So we'll call her Maria. So, so Maria goes out there, like you said, maybe, uh, you know, maybe her, her like older brother or yeah, let's just have like her older brother is out there hunting. Like her dad, her dad is military. You know, he's, he's helping run training exercises on the base. You know, mom lives in the military town, older brothers out there hunting with the, you know, with the guys. And she goes out to like bring them lunch or whatever. Like you said, well, she sees, her brother about to get killed by this thing. Like, so maybe he's like one of the last hunters. Like he's, he's laying mm-hmm. down, he's injured. The predator standing over him with like, you know, shoulder cannon trained on him. She runs out and screams, you know, like stop, you know, leave my brother alone. Like, and hugs him, like hugs mm-hmm. her brother. Oh, okay. And yeah. here's this, this character that has no weapon. So he like, he disengages like a shoulder cannon goes up. And then one of the other hunters shoots him and clips his wrist gauntlet where the invisible thing is. Mm, okay cool and he loses his cloaking ability so he's just like shit now they're all shooting him he takes off running because he's getting shot at and can't disappear so, ooh, ooh. oh no i like this this is awesome right so and there's a good there's uh there's a good setup later on for like getting like dad involved right <laughs> with with yep, the military yep. <laughs> so okay so let me back up a little bit because i think we, we 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 got to the same place 
And now let's back up and kind of tell the story and and end up back here. Cause I think that this is really this, the inciting incident that like jumps the whole story of the plot line off. Right. Just like yes. when, when we finally got, uh, uh, you know, the T uh, was it 800 and the T 1000 having that like uh, showdown, like in the hallway behind the stores in the mall, you know, yes. and, and, we, and we see them <laughs> shoot it out for the first time. Um, anyway, so, and, and the cool Guns N' Roses song is playing and, and my daughter pointed out the first time, and I can't believe I never noticed it but like schwarzenegger's carrying roses that he drops and yep. he pulls out pulls out his guns and i'm like how come i never made that connection before <laughs> um anyway so okay so we back it up right so here's what we have we have we have so they're yeah they're near colleen they're near fort hood we're gonna you know whatever we need to have some kind of opening like montage intro whatever we're, we're gonna kind of like see where we are and what we find out is uh oh yeah so maybe they have this 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 military dad right well i'm not sure i have not known nothing about the military so i have no idea like what his rank or whatever it would be but let's just call him the captain right so so captain dad is in charge of like or maybe it's like military police and so people are coming to him with reports of like man there's like you know that's another another like mutilated cow right or like a mm-hmm. another or there's another like missing you know missing teenager or like there's another another like mysterious death and like right off the bat like in the opening scene we're finding out that like he's like there's something going on you know there somebody is there's a murderer or uh we've we've got boars in the town or something like something somebody something is here and it's killing people kind of indiscriminately um and kind of brutally but there's not a lot of like evidence to figure out like what it is so he's immediately we're, we we open on this situation and he's trying to keep it all hush hush because he's like I don't know what's going on but it would be super fucking embarrassing if anyone found out that there was like enemy combatants coming into like a U.S. military base and just picking off whoever they wanted to you know right. so he's like he's like you know we start the movie with this sort of investigation um, and maybe he makes some comment about like oh man like like you know like you like take word to my wife and my like my son like you know the hunting trip is over like it's off you know bring everyone back home you know what i mean or maybe his like maybe his brother the the uncle is out with them you know what i mean um yeah uh yeah and so you know we, we we get this uh this guy who's like trying to solve this weird little string of like murders and mutilations and then and then we yeah and then we cut out to a scene where our predator our marshal uh, or our hunter killer, he, he is like, he lands like, you know, surreptitiously somewhere, uh, or maybe we don't see him landing, but we see him emerge and sort of introduce himself to the audience. Like, let's not keep it a secret that like, there's a predator here. Right. Okay. Hold on. Let, let me, let me jump in. Okay. So yeah, we open the movie, like you said, with the montage. I, I like, I like this idea. We're kind of getting to know the town. We get, get a little bit here and there. We can have, let, let's not have it be the military. Let's have it be the cops talking about like, okay. How like maybe there's there, there's like, you know, farmhands or whatever nearby reporting like some of their livestock has been, you know, mutilated. And then we're starting to find like in in like hunting territory, like some of these wild boars aren't just killed. They're like butchered and played with like, mm-hmm. you know, intestines drawn out or like their skins are, are completely off. Or maybe they find like a skinned boar still alive, you know, like some really fucked up kind of kind of stuff. So we're getting reports of that, right? We see while this is happening, we see we don't even see the predator land. We see the predator, his ship, like somewhere in Texas. Maybe it's cloaked or whatever. He come like I'll have him like standing outside. So like the audience knows right off the bat. Holy shit, there's a predator there and they're finding all these skinned creatures and all. it must be the predator. We'll find out about the other predators later. 
that's why he's there. They were already there. Like yeah, they were exactly. already there mutilating all this shit. Mm-hmm. So now we have like we open the movie maybe with a hunter being found dead. There you and go. maybe it maybe his head's missing, you know, like his spinal col- column is ripped out, something fucked up. And, you know, it's kind of like going through the police and all that. So the police talk to maybe they talk to the, the military base like, hey, like uh, maybe that maybe the hunter was a soldier, you know, like, mm-hmm. hey, uh, this guy wound up dead type of thing. So, yeah. So now dad is like calling, you know, wife and, and, and brother like, hey, hunting trip is off, yada, yada, yada. First 15 minutes of the movie, we have the hunting trip. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, word doesn't get out in time. And, you know, we introduce the predator to our main character. So within I think like within the first 15 minutes of the movie, we can set up. There's been attacks, mutilations, a murder. Yep. There's a predator in town. Go. Yeah, so. exactly. And, and and again, that that kind of mirrors the timeline of T2. By the time you get the shootout with the, you know, with Schwarzenegger and the T1000. Yeah, it's, it's only 10 or 15 minutes in the movie, but you've gotten all this backstory already to kind of tell you like where you are and why you should care and blah, blah, blah. Um, right. Yeah. So, I, I yeah, I like I like the small town police angle. You know, maybe they're trying to keep it from like becoming a military thing because they, they just don't want to like get involved. You know, they don't want to bring in extra heat, you know, down on them yeah. or whatever. And maybe it's like, again, I don't know anything about hunting, but maybe it's like big deer season and so there's a lot of hunters out right and there's a lot of yeah. people out a lot of people out out of town and so yeah we're, we're exactly we're seeing these things where it's like you found this guy who's mutilated you're finding these like boars and, and maybe like cows and then you're getting tons of reports of like you know you know uh, hey you know mrs livens called and her husband hasn't checked in or you know whatever like all it's like the the phones are ringing off the hook of like people who are missing or they're not answering their phones or you know we're hearing strange noises like something is going on the audience doesn't know yet but you, again it's p3 predator 3 so you're assuming right. it's a predator and then we're gonna see our predator um you know again i i don't really want to show him like landing i just kind of want to show him just kind of be there like he just comes yeah. out of comes out of a copse of trees or comes over the rise of a hill or whatever and it's like oh so the audience is going to assume oh there he is you know yeah um, so he's been there yeah, exactly. And, and again, going back to 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 my kid Tegan, when we were watching T2, I had refused to let uh, her see the trailer or read anything about it. We watched Terminator and then watched T2, and you know they mirror the character of Reese with the char- with the character the T1000, like the police officer character, and then of course you have Schwarzenegger and Schwarzenegger. And so when the T-1000 try, tried to attack John Connor for the first time, and it was Schwarzenegger, the T-800, that defended him. She, she, The twist worked on her because she had not seen any of the trailers or anything ahead of time. Like, none of it was spoiled. Right. So she was like, oh, God, the cop is the bad guy. Like, you know what I mean? And that's yeah. kind of the that's kind of what I want to go for here is if we're just assuming that the predator is the bad guy, but he's the cop. You know, <laughs> like, basically, right, right. he's the predator cop, you know? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so, exactly, right. So he's, he's, he's looking for something. He's tracking something. Maybe you're assuming he's, like, looking for his next kill. He comes across this, like, hunting party Maybe he's just like he's just scoping him out. But then, you know, one of these guys, you know, sees him because, you know, they're scoping out for like deer. They see him. They take a shot at him. He defends himself, fires back. You have like a little firefight. And then before the firefight, though, we get the little cutaway again to like the camp. Right. There's, the you know, the 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 the. The, the, you know, the uncles, maybe the uncle's wife, the aunt is there and she's making lunch for everyone. Some of the younger kids are playing. And then, yeah, you get the aunt who, who says, who, who tells Maria like, hey, you know, take the boys their, their lunch. But maybe, 
bringing in the T2 connection, why not, right? <laughs> Let's get right. Maria, like, she has a little dirt bike or something, right? Because, again, yeah. it's big it's big ground, right? And she's like, okay, so and so they put, like, a picnic basket and strap it to the back of her little dirt bike, and she takes off. Um, and I'm thinking of, uh, of of what did they call her in the in the Logan movie, the X-23 character? I forget what her name was. Um, oh, God, yeah, I forget, but, too. But that's what I'm picturing. That's that's how I'm picturing this character. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so she so she 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 takes off and she pulls into like the hunting camp right in the middle of this, you know. Again, and she's seeing like everyone's getting killed. They're fighting on the predator. Predator's winning, basically slaughtering everyone. To your point, your idea. She jumps off the bike, jumps in front of like her brother, right? And mm-hmm. and it's just like no 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 like stop. And she's again unarmed. She's you know it's a, a non-combatant. And so the predator, you know, he he pauses for a second, just long enough for the uncle to like take the the magic shot and like get the arm cannon off or or the invisibility you know uh uh device on his wrist and like fucks it up and yeah. then you know he takes off and and I want to show that Maria is not just you know not a weakling like she's not just a long yeah. ride she needs to have some agency and this is why I wanted to introduce the idea of this dirt bike is let's have the predator he like he just takes off like well fuck this I'm done with these guys clearly there's no warriors here despite the fact that I like lost my little arm cannon maybe or maybe it wasn't the uncle but maybe just some random guy he loses his like invisibility device and then turns and like blows a dude's head off <laughs> you know for like <laughs> like what the fuck yeah. dude you broke you broke my gauntlet you know and then he just takes off Maria like jumps on her dirt bike and just starts following him right and she's like oh fuck no like you're not getting away she doesn't have any weapons or anything she's just like no heck no like first of all you killed my family second of all you're a big giant fucking alien monster of some kind and like i'm not just gonna let you go you know yeah. no, <laughs> and, so let's let's make it be her uncle like that would give her yeah. a reason to be pissed there you go so like so you know she saves her brother but her uncle gets shot in the head you know plus this would also now give us a reason to bring the military guys in because he's killed family mm-hmm. yeah. so now this the you know whatever uh the this we got to come up with the name for this military guy for dad, but yeah. he's going to be pissed because it's like, you almost killed my son and you killed my brother. You know, <laughs> you killed my brother, prepare to die. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, that's type of thing. This is so, um, this is, this is called Captain Ross. I'm thinking like Thunderbolt Ross, right? Yeah. Just call, just call him Ross. So like, so uh, Maria is, is, is like, she freaks out because she just saw her uncle's head explode. So she jumps on the dirt bike and starts chasing after him. So, okay. So go, go where you were going with that. Yeah, no, and that's kind of that's kind of the, the piece I was thinking was like she's going to follow him and he's going to try to like lose her, but he, at some point he wants to stop because he's like taken taken uh, he's going to assess the damage to his gear and he just kind of blows her off like whatever like you know small human child you know <laughs> means nothing and uh, uh, yeah so he kinda, he stops stops long enough to like check out his gear he kind of we kind of tell the audience that hey there's something wrong you know with his machinery like his his devices she catches up to him and you know we get to hear from her own mouth like oh you and now we're again as an audience we're learning oh you killed my uncle like that was my brother like i'm gonna tell my dad you know yeah (laughs) and 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 then and then uh you know the martial predator kind of blows her off again and then, you know, and he's just, and she's just following him, like, like pestering him. He's just like, you know, Chica, like, leave me alone, you know, and, right. but again, he can't kill her, but he's just like, leave me alone. And, uh, but as an audience, we're just like, fucking leave the giant monster country killer alone. <laughs> like, what are you oh. doing? You know? che- okay. So check this out. So she's doing that, right? So she's chasing along. Eventually, it just, this is going to show how badass she is. He's going to like throw one of those little like bolo gauntlet, you know, blasts that he has it's going to like wrap around the front tire of her dirt bike. And like, mm. so she'll, she goes flying, right? Oh yeah. Dirt bikes wrecked. She tumbles across the ground. 
he's watching. She gets up and it's like, you know, she's got some scrapes and some brush burns and she's just like, you're not getting away that easily. It starts running at him. And then, <laughs> yeah. So he's like, the hell? Exactly. <laughs> so we see the predator run from a young girl. And I think that would be hilarious. Like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. Right? That would be that audience <laughs> moment where everybody is going to crack up because it's like you just flip this kid on her bike. You know, mm-hmm. the predators all looking badass. And then she just like brushes herself off a little scuffed up and ripped shirt, maybe. And she's just like, what? <laughs> it just comes for him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then and, and, and he's got to do that like Kane Hodder like head tilt kind of a thing where yeah. he, he's going to be like, what's up with this little girl? Like he's getting some respect for her, you know, yeah. like like she's tough, you know, <laughs> but again, still unarmed. Right. And so he's yeah. he's starting to think of her as like, OK, you're the warrior here, you know, uh, but we're not quite there yet. But like he's going to gain gain, you know, like I said gain respect for her. Yeah. So, again, she's going to kind of like dog his heels for a while. Like, oh, you're not getting rid of me, you know, yep. and then. And, and then, but he's, but again, he's also like on a mission, like he's tracking something. Like he keeps like looking at his wrist gauntlet, the one that has like the buttons and the screen on it or whatever, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. not the, and he's like, and so she's like, what are you like, pay attention to me. What are you doing? You can't just leave, you know? And she's trying to like, she picks up like a stick and she's trying to hit him with it. And he just breaks it and like walks off, like barely even looking at her. Like, he's just like, whatever, like a pestering little fly, like leave me alone. Shoot fly, go right. away, you know? <laughs> and then, um, eventually like he comes across like the thing that he's looking for. He comes across, uh, he hears something, right? And maybe there's like a barn or, or the, the, there's like a farmhouse and he hears like a disturbance. There's something in the house. And so she, and then Maria's come up behind him like, don't you ignore me, you know? <laughs> right. And, and finally he's just like, shush, you know? And like, you know, he, finally he's, he engages her and he's just like, get down. Like he, maybe he, maybe he gets down, she gets down and she's like, what, what's going on? You know? <laughs> and, uh, and then we and this is where we, we as an audience are going to see, oh, shit, there's like there's something else here going on. Like there's something else in this farmhouse because we see like trails of blood. We see dead pigs outside. And now we're seeing, you know, our martial predator. He's going to start like creeping, you know, like military crawling or whatever. Like he's going right. to he can't turn invisible. So now he's going to creep to the house to try to figure out what's going on. And Maria now she's just like, I don't care anymore you killed my dad now she's just fascinated like what's going on what's in the house what are you doing so she like jumps down gets quiet she starts following him and now so she's like the little sidekick now you know and uh yeah so we get to the house and then we see there's another predator and this is what the audience is like oh there's fucking two of them uh notice i said two right ah there's fucking two of them you know and this is where we find out you know we're maybe you know half an hour into the movie and we get to find out that there's another predator but this predator looks different not and i'm not talking like the you know, the super tall, like mega predators that get yeah. introduced later on. But I'm talking like he's not wearing a mask. Like he doesn't have like the military gear. It's not like the regular, like fully armed, like hunter on a mission. It's like he just has like the fishnet gear. You see his like lizard skin. And it's like it looks like he's almost like undressed, you know, and he's. Yeah. And he's in there and he's just like, you know, tearing Taryn, like, you know, the guy who lived there, like, he's just tearing him in half. Taryn is, is, uh, his, he pulls his skull out, his spine comes with it. And then our martial predator walks up. He's like looking through the window and he sees this whole family slaughtered. And there's just like a pile of like skulls and spines. Uh, or maybe like he has them like in a, he puts them all in a bag and throws them over his shoulder. And he, on the way out, he grabs like a, a, a cow skull and a spine and throws it in there. And it's like, it's, I want it to be very obvious that it's like overkill. Like there's some, this, yeah. this predator is acting very different than what we've seen before. He's sloppy. He's taken a bunch of trophies all at once in like broad daylight, basically. And, right. you know, 
and then and and then you know our martial predator is going to try to sneak up like i'm going to get him and i'm going to get him and then you know maybe this is when maria gets close enough to be like what what do you see and then she sees this monster carrying like a bag full of spines and she just screams <laughs> because you know she is a little girl you know what i mean right and right and then then the you know the the we'll call him like you know the ed gein or whatever like predator that was like in the house like fucking shit up he turns because he hears a scream and then and then and of course now the marshal is like bitch like, you know, like you know, i was trying to sneak up on him and now i gotta fight this guy you know and then we get our we get our first little like big fight scene between these two predators okay all right here's here's what i what i was picturing as far as the look of the predator goes i i, I dig it I was originally picturing the uh, the poachers to have very similar to what you described, but almost like um, like I don't want to say junk weaponry, but like homemade shit. Okay, so yeah. almost like like what would be considered like illegal weaponry. So like maybe you know one of them will have like not a full helmet; they'll just have like the eyepiece, and that's connected mm-hmm. to like some kind oh. of weird shoulder cannon that's like you know some kind of like uh, like beefed up, souped up shoulder cannon. And like, you know, maybe the other one has like not just claws on the top, but it's got like the what was uh, Wolverine's son where he had the like bottom claw. Dakin. <laughs> you know? Dakin. Or yeah. Dokken, so yeah. Maybe he's got like like gauntlets that have like weird spikes coming out all the way around. You know, like they have like weird machete and spear and discus type weapons. But yeah, I was thinking like a bunch of like handmade or handcrafted cobbled together weird weapons that maybe mm-hmm. the, the regular predator isn't used to because this shit ain't legal. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Okay. And let's use this name. Let's call this particular predator, the scavenger, right? So, okay. the, and, and yeah, and, and, and I know we're going to, we, we already kind of, you know, gave it away that we're going to have like two others. Let, let's kind of get each of them like their own like little personality too, like in terms of how they dress and everything, right? Just, just yeah. to make it vi- visually interesting. But yeah, I love this idea. The idea is that like, this is because he's like, uh, you know, he's off the, he's off the 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 farm or off the ranch or whatever the term is where it's like you know he's gone a wall and mm-hmm. uh and and but yeah we see him collecting up a bunch of like spines like a whole bag full of them he's obviously been going nuts killing whatever so this particular guy is just over the top like yeah he's he's collecting he's scavenging he wants everything like you say he's got like every weapon but kind of like patched together and tied together kind yep. of half-assed you know broken half a helmet and 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 we got to throw some easter eggs in there like and i can't think of a good example right now but there's got to be you know like uh like johnny five from short circuit like his like shoulder <laughs> cannon you know <laughs> right. or some or some other like sci-fi character that has like some distinctive gun again i can't think of what that would be but you know like <laughs> He should totally have like a, a like a RoboCop style gun or like yeah. a Blade, Blade Runner style gun or something. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Or like Han Solo's little Luger looking pistol blaster. Right. You know, like stuff that was just Easter egg shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, or like uh, the little like Ghostbusters, like little uh, little uh, electric shaver like sensor thing that, that they use. You know, <laughs> yeah. whatever. You know, like just fun shit. The like BKE meter. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's called. But yeah, I love this idea to drive your point home that it's like it's cobbled together. Like he's the Shadowhawk, right? The, right. Sort of like the 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 street level, like like just like Shadowhawk was supposed to have been like the street level Batman in the Image comic, where it's like he just kind of put his costume together based out of like whatever he could find, whatever he could yeah. scavenge or steal. That's what this guy is. But it's like I want it to be like over the top. You know what I mean? Like you don't need that Absolutely. many skulls and spines. You don't need that many claws. <laughs> you know? Right. He's like over overkill. You know? <laughs> yeah. And 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 I, again, I'm just thinking of the merchandising possibilities like you know the companies 100%. would go ape shit for this guy 
Yeah, hundred percent. Right. So we so this guy we call him the scavenger. We call him Overkill. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. I kind of like that name, right? Uh, Overkill. Right. And uh, yeah, exactly. So then we have to now we have to have our, our little our little uh, our little co- confrontation between Overkill and and the Marshal. And uh, I don't want Overkill to like die at this point though, because I want to eventually since we again you know we already kind of ruined it for this podcast audience that we're going right, to have right. free, but for the movie going audience, I want it to be like, we're going to slowly learn that there's more. And then we have to have all three together at one time, like the three against one battle with a marshal like that. we got to get to there. So Absolutely. I don't want these guys to be easy to take down. So, uh, so yeah, so he, like you said, he's murdering this family that lives in this farmhouse, just like tearing them apart. You know, the marshal, maybe he's like kind of like watching and zooming in. Like we see Predator Vision, like him zooming in and watching. Um, I think that would be a way to get around the sensors, too, to have him like zoom in right as the the thing rips somebody in half. <laughs> so yeah. it's like seen in the Predator Vision. Um, and then, yeah, we'll have Maria kind of like poke her head around the corner and scream because it's like, holy shit. You know, this this monster just ripped this old guy in half. And then he'll like, you know, maybe spin his face toward the camera. So now we're going to get a good look at this this guy. And, you know, he's like, you know, gnarled looking. Maybe he's missing one of his little like his predator mandibles. Like he's missing one of them or something. Yeah. All fucked up. And he's going to spin and shoot right at Maria. So shit. Yeah. Have him shoot at her. And then like the maybe maybe the marshal takes the hit or maybe he throws her out of the way. Like he just grabs her and hucks her behind him. Um, And then you see the blast, like, you know, burn out part of the house or like blow out part of the house. So we see that this predator clearly ain't fighting with no code of honor like he doesn't have the the same code of honor these other predators do and mm-hmm. because of that distraction it takes off like the scavenger or, or overkill or whatever we call him he you know busts out the window and takes off like screeching and and the marshal has to try to give chase yeah yeah so i i like this i want them to have a little bit of a fight where like before he just takes off like uh yeah he, he yeah I, I like it he shoots maria right she uh the marshal like pushes her out of the way, you know, he's kind of distracted and maybe, maybe the marshal, like Maria wasn't really close yet. She was, she was just kind of coming around the corner of the house or through the window or whatever, but like the marshal had gotten, he was like so close, you know, to like, to creeping up behind him. So mm-hmm. when overkill turns around and shoots, you know, maybe what, maybe what the marshal does isn't so much as knock Maria out of the way, but he like throws up his like wrist claw just in time to like knock the blaster, like just to the side, you know, like he actually hits, oh, okay. hits overkill. And then now he's in close. So now they're going to grapple, right? We're going to get a little like hand to hand and, and like, you know, blade to blade kind of a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I want, I want, you know, overkill or scavenger, or whatever, like to get the upper hand and like take off. If he doesn't take off. I mean, they're warriors. Like they wouldn't just give up, but he takes off. Cause he's like, first of all, this marshal ain't fucking around, but also right. like, again, he doesn't have the same like code of honor. So he's just like, you know, fuck this. I'm going home, you know, right. whatever. <laughs> I, I'm taking my toys. Exactly. So he's just like, I he, so he's out of there, but he fucks up the marshal just enough where like now the marshal's got to like, you know, he's got to stop and like patch himself up. Like he gets, you know, he gets that like, you know, triple Dakin claw, like right into the gut or something. And right. just like we've seen in the first two movies already, like the predator has to stop and like, you know, patch a wound, you know? Yeah. Um, so I want him to kind of be like, all right, so overkill scavenger, whatever he got away. And now he said he's over there and he's bleeding. He's holding that wound. And he's maybe he's, you know, maybe he's gr- groping around with the other hand, you know, trying to, or maybe like his arm gets fucked up and he can't quite reach that like medical pouch, you know, cause like mm-hmm. he got severed some tendons in his arm or something. And this is where Maria comes up and she gets it for him. Cause this is, 
where we, I want them to have like a bond because we've already seen in a very brief amount of time that the marshal has gained a little bit of respect for Maria enough. He's not going to hurt her because she's a non-combatant. He tried to protect her at least a little bit already. Now she's going to come up and she's going to be like, whoa, big, big fella. Like, you know, right, like, right. Uh, like, and she's approaching him like she's approaching, you know, like a bear with a or like, like a lion with a thorn in his paw. You know, like, you know, like, let me let me help you. Let me help you. Right. And. And, and obviously, eventually, the marshal's going to let her help him pull out that little medical pouch, and he's going to do his thing. She's going to watch it and be like, ew, gross. Cool. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> of course. Of course. This would be a really good time to, like, cut back to the town, right? Let's go back and find out, like, what's going on in town. Like, how maybe, maybe they find out that, like, the uncle got killed you know they find out that like the hunting party's been out for too long now you know captain ross captain dad like he's he gets wind of something and like maybe somebody eventually is like maria's missing you know like so yeah go ahead but that's kind of where i was thinking like we got to cut away and like slow down a little bit perfect you know this this fits in perfectly so we we uh so yeah that all of that happens like you know so ross finds out his kid's missing um you know they go out and they find the destroyed dirt bike like maybe they find the dirt bike with like the, the front wheel is tore off from like when he <laughs> shot that bolo thing at it. So now it's like, oh, shit, like what happened to my kid? So now now we're getting like a, a search party together. Right. But one of the things I wanted to do with the, the Predator and Maria is uh, l- let me cut back to the beginning of the movie again. So at the beginning of the movie, when we're finding out about the murders, right, we have all these different people talking you know, there's, you know, a, a hunter was murdered, you know, he's missing his head, you know, or, or maybe they're they're talking. They, they start off first by talking about, like, the illegal practices happening with the hunt. Right. So, like, these these animals are being skinned. It's inhumane. Um, it's, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you can hunt them, but they're they're mutilating them. You know, this is this is illegal. So we're, we're getting all these sound bites. Right. So now cut back to Maria and the predator later on in the film. You know, he's sitting there having patched himself up. She's looking at him. He's trying to communicate. So he's doing the predator thing where they do the voice mm-hmm. thing in his helmet. And he's like pointing at where the scavenger went. Oh, and it's nice. like, you know, illegal murderer, like that type of thing. Like he's letting her know he's trying to stop him. Yeah. So that's she's cool. like, Oh, okay. Like you're the good guy, <laughs> you know, type of thing. Yeah. See, and I'm seeing the relationship between Maria and the Predator. It's very similar uh, to, like, you know, X-23, like, Laura and Logan. But I was thinking more of, like, this is, like, Frankenstein, you know? Yeah. Um, and 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 uh, the little girl, which of course you know in the in the movie doesn't go well, but in but in the book it's a better relationship, you know. And in and in Monster Squad it's a better relationship, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that, that's that's and, that, and so, so she's gonna kind of like tame the savage beast a little bit. But yeah, I think that's awesome. I love this idea of like he maybe he like points at things and like and he's he points at something and she's like you know what your arm and then he says it back to her and like kind of like learns some like generic vocabulary you know just by kind of right because he he can translate things really easily by like recording them and understanding okay now i can save that word for later um and this mimics the whole hasta la vista baby t2 moment (laughs) yes oh that's awesome yeah yeah exactly it's so cool right uh so yeah so um yeah, so I want to cut back into town a little bit again and have, you know, the 
the captain dad or the the police chief, right? We we agreed the dad's the police chief, right? Like not the military guy. Um, or um, no, no, I was thinking he is the military guy. Like dad, dad okay. actually is military, but okay. like the, the, we we had started with the police. Like you know, maybe they were a little hesitant on telling the military. Like they mm-hmm. were looking at the you know like the illegal po. I don't want to say poaching, but the illegal practices done in the hunt. And then they eventually find a hunter who happens to be a soldier. So they have to report it. And that's okay, yeah. how we get, you know, Ross involved. Like, you know, one of my men was murdered on a hunting trip. Like, you know, he he was off duty, you know, kind of like he had he had the week off type of thing. Yeah, yeah. He got murdered on his hunting trip. What the fuck? And then he realizes, hey, you know, my brother and, and his family, you know, with my son are out there hunting right now. We need to call this off. And then, you know, all the shit that we saw happen happens. And then when, you know, they go to, to inform the hunting trip is off and they find all this shit, it's like, oh, crap. So now we got the military and the cops involved. OK, that's good. Yeah. OK. So and we have an opportunity for another character here, too, because like, you know, we have like this Captain Ross military captain guy and you know, we've had the uncle and a couple other like minor characters. But our major characters outside the predators. Right. Obviously, we have mm-hmm. Maria and we have her dad. So let's have let's have the, the police chief. Right. I'm thinking uh, uh, let's have her her be let's just call her, you know, uh, you know, Chief Dana. I don't know why Dana. I don't know why that name popped into my head. Um, but just, you know, for there is no Dana, only Zool. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah, there you go. Right. There's always some connection. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So and, and so this gives Chief, Chief now we have Chief Dana and like Captain Ross and they can. But the reason I want to introduce a character, a named character and make, you know, the, the police chief important is because they can talk to each other. Right. And we yes. so in, in their in their dialogue, like we as the audience can kind of learn like what they're dealing with in town. They're you know, so now they're comparing notes. You know, and maybe the Captain Ross is like, yeah, you know, I had a couple of guys go like AWOL, you know, or whatever. Right. So it's not. Mm-hmm. It, and so what they're what they're realizing is that they thought they had a bunch of soldiers on leave, like weekend leave and a bunch of like guys from town. out Again, it's the weekend. They're out, you know, on their their, their it's like, you know, deer season is the opening weekend or whatever, you know, so that they thought they had a bunch of people who just for reasons for perfectly good reasons were just not at home. But now it's it's become quite obvious that. You know, there's something is wrong. There's a reason why these guys aren't coming back. They're not answering their phones, you know, whatever it is. And so they didn't realize at first that they had such a big problem and, and their the, the the scope of it is dawning on them. So now they're going to compare notes. Right. Um, yeah. So we have to have another and we need to introduce our next predator. So the question is, do we do that right here with like Ross and Dana and have them encounter one of the other, the second one. And so we can kind of shock the reader into like, Oh, there's more. Or do we cut back to the Marshall and Maria and, you know, have them, you know, track the first one only to run into another one. (laughs) I got an idea. So we have, uh, cause again, I I wanted to have the whole, like the military presence be heavy in this film. So, Mm -hmm. We have uh, we have Ross and Dana figuring all this stuff out. Maybe they're looking at like a pattern. They're seeing like where people or where like where the animals were first mutilated, then where, you know, the 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 murders or the missing people went. And they're mm-hmm. seeing kind of a trail. And he's like, oh, shit, like they have maybe they have training exercises that week. There's a whole bunch of guys out in like mm-hmm. some, you know, I don't know, like deserty area where they're doing the military games, you know, type of sure, thing. Sure, yeah, yeah. And it's Some like big, wide open space, right? And, and and the trail is kind of leading in that direction, so it's like something's going to go down there. And you know, these guys aren't using live rounds; like they're out there doing the military games. So now we cut there, 
and we see a bunch of guys who, again, now they they don't have live rounds. Um, they're out there doing the the military training exercises, and we see a predator watching them. Ooh, now, okay, yeah, we're gonna think, ah, okay, well, it's gonna know that they don't got no real weapons, right? And then it's just gonna start slaughtering them. And this is where we realize, oh shit, that's not our marshal. <laughs> like that's that's a different fucking predator. And maybe we see it like it's it's all geared up. Like this one, maybe this is like the tech junkie. So okay, it's yeah. got like the big ass freaking shoulder cannon. You know, it's got like some kind of like flamethrower gauntlets. Like, you know, picture like a mashup between Boba Fett and a Predator. You yeah, know, maybe it's got yeah. like a little jetpack like booster thing, you know? And there it just freaking wipes these guys out. Like just freaking annihilates them so now we're gonna have the military really pissed <laughs> like now it's 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 fucking judgment day man <laughs> like the military are mad you got the cops pissed the, the military pissed and we know there's at least another predator out there so as the audience. okay yeah so that's so, so this is good right so we've got we saw the marshal and maria obviously they had their encounter with uh overkill and or the scavenger i, mm-hmm. I, I like i like both names <laughs> yeah I and, know we do. uh and uh and so the audience knows that he exists right yeah and then we're, we're gonna cut back and we're gonna see a little bit of dana a little bit of ross we'll find out what's going on in town we, right we, yeah just like you said we're gonna we do this this uh, this uh, military game maneuver uh, that's going to get interrupted by like, you know, high tech, high tech predator. And, right. uh, and uh, yeah, so again, he'll kind of be in shadows at first and kind of like not really on camera because we want the audience to think that this is either the Marshall or it's the overkill. Like it's one of those guys, but then, Oh shit, it's not, it's a totally different one. And yeah, we, we again, he slaughters a whole bunch of soldiers and then let's cut back to Maria and Marshall and maybe like they, they overhear the firefight. Like you see them both just turn their heads real quick. Like they heard something like, what's that? You know? And of course the Marshall's like, all right, time to get back to business. Like, you know, my side hurts, but like, I got shit. Like, let's go. I got shit to and yep. <laughs> uh, but then what we don't know is already maybe at this point already we've had you know let's take the take the dana and ross conversation put it a little bit earlier in the movie like you know before all of this stuff at like the farmhouse right so that by now we've already had time for ross and dana to find the hunting party you know rescue the the you know the kids and stuff that were left behind find the dirt bike to your point they find the destroyed dirt bike and now ross is like you know he's got my little girl <laughs> you <Right>. know and, <laughs> and so dun, they're, dun, dun. yeah and so what happens is the marshal was like resting just long enough to get to for ross and dana to like uh to close the gap between them so when the marshal is like following the gunfight trying and the screams to you know find what this military exercise spot we, you know, we've got Ross and Dana coming up in a vehicle, right, coming up mm-hmm. behind them so that they can kind of close that get that distance. And, you know, and so they they just think, oh, shit, giant monster. There's my girl. Like, get him. Right. Um, right. So now, again, they're they're kind of on the hunt again. Right. And they're, they're trying to track down. They're trying to chase the marshal, trying to get they're trying to get Maria away. And Maria's like, no, no, you don't understand. Like, he's my friend. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do that whole thing. And we have to have some kind of like conflict we have a conflict between the marshal and like Ross and Dana and, you know, and, and the marshal was obviously, you know, he's, he might be like a nice guy as predators go, but he's still, you know, a fully armed like professional and a hunter. And he's going to just like, you know, fuck this cop guy and go to kill him. And Maria's like, no, stop it. 
you know, and, and, and once again, kind of get in the middle of him and maybe the marshal's just like, Oh, what the fuck, you know? And her dad's, right. her dad's like, get out of the way, you know, like I'm and you know, guns on him, get out of the way. Dana's trying to sneak up on the side, like trying to flank him or whatever. And then they start hearing screams or whatever. And they're like, well, there's something going on. Like, it's not this guy. So this is what we kind of, like, cause I don't want, I don't want this whole thing to be like the marshals just chased the whole damn time. We right. got to kind of, kind of team him up a little bit. Right. Well, but, we have to have our, 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 uh, uh, Sarah Connor moment where it's yeah. like, you know, that she begrudgingly accepts, you know, the help of the, the, the Terminator. So it's like it, Ross and Dana will begrudgingly accept, uh, what, what Maria is telling them that the predator isn't the bad guy. He's, he's trying to help, even though he's this big, scary, murderous monster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but but I, I have an idea of how to do that though. Like they, so they're distracted by all the screaming and stuff, right? What if one of fucking the scavengers blades, like, you know, how they can fire the wrist gauntlet. Mm-hmm. What if like, we, we, we don't see what's going like we just hear the like the like something flying forward Ooh, and yeah. the, the marshal grabs it and it like cuts into his hand. But it was just about to pierce like Maria in the face or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and he like he just kind of does that predator click growl and like looks over and starts firing back where it came from and walking toward it. So now Ross and Dana are like, oh, shit, like he just saved her mm-hmm. and he's going after whatever is doing that. So now like they're like okay, maybe we should stick close to this guy. Like, you know, maybe he knows what's going on. Yeah. So, oh, that's awesome. That's good. Okay. So we see them like chase after whatever the noise is. And, and obviously the, the marshal is chasing after whoever's attacking him. And he's like shooting and firing and running. And, you know, maybe at this point, you know, Ross and Dana are like, they're trying to get Maria to like get in the truck, like come with us, you know, and Maria is like trying to chase the marshal like on foot. And so the, now they're kind of, if they were on the fence before, now she has made up their mind for them. They're going to have to follow the marshal. So they jump in the truck. They're they're, they're driving up behind Maria. Like they're going to get at some point. Ross just opens the door and just grabs her. You know, like you're right. You're getting in this truck. But then what we see in the in the is let's let's see um, in the background. We start hearing like vehicles or whatever because again we 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 backed up the the Dana and Ross like discovery. Uh, scene where they, they find out something went wrong with the hunting party thing in order to give them time to catch up. Well, who also got time to catch up was like the, the posse of hunters who were like, some motherfucker just killed a bunch of our brothers, boys. And like, we're oh, going to get perfect. You know? So I want a bunch of dudes in like pickup trucks with like searchlights and like rifles. And, and now we got like a, like a lynch mob posse. And so you have, you have the marshal who's chasing one, you know, what we think is this other, you know, overkill scavenger predator, followed by Ross and Dana and Maria in the truck, followed by a whole like, you know, posse of like, you know, dudes and like off-road pickups who were like trying to like find that motherfucker that killed my cousin, bro. You know? Right. And <laughs> absolutely uh, love it. Because like, I really want, you know, to, to, to keep this hunting or hunter, you know, predator, the predator is, you know, the hunter becomes the hunted kind of, you know, theme going, you know, throughout, throughout the whole, uh, throughout the whole story. I, yeah. I just think it's a really, it's a, it's an interesting theme that they touched on a little bit in like the later on the latter day sequels. But at this time we hadn't really seen that too much other than, yeah. you know, Dutch and Danny Glover, you know, going on the offensive. Um, yeah. So now we got to get to a point where we have the Marshall catch up to, you know, 
just to catch up to the overkill scavenger and like to have a little tussle again and then oh shit here comes the second one and now oh fuck like you know now there's two of them you know and they're right. gonna team up or uh, i'm not sure if we should get get them away from the humans or yet you know because i think there's a couple of different ways we could go you know do we have the marshal maybe start to protect the humans because from these two monsters or is he just going at it full bore and like whatever happens to them humans happens i don't care i think he's gonna protect some of them um, because you're going to have like the, the crazy rednecks, you're going to have the soldiers, you're going to have the cops who are all going to be armed to the teeth, you know, and they're going to be firing and he's going to be like, all right, they can protect themselves. They got weapons. Um, but I think like maybe, um, anyone who is unarmed and anyone who is like not part of the hunt. So like when this eventually pulls into like the city or whatever that like actually goes into Colleen, um, you know, any innocence, I feel like he would try to stop them from being murdered uh, just to kind of like and maybe we, maybe we don't even have to go there. But I feel like because of his position on Predator World, <laughs> um, I feel like he wouldn't allow innocence to be murdered uh, and any more than like a cop would stand by while someone shoots like a stray dog. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it I feel like it wouldn't match his code. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think we we can trying to define the the distinction between the poachers, you know, who are off the, you know, off the what the is grid. the word? I'm, yeah, that's it, right? They're kind of, you know, they're they're off the grid. They're breaking the rules, and then the marshal who is he's the one who's following the like bushido code or whatever, right? And, <laughs> and, and we kind of saw that in Predator Two a little bit because the predator who was in the city, you know, we. He, I always got the impression from watching that, that he was, you know, that he was kind of off the hook a little bit too, you know, that he was, he was kind of breaking the rules. And then we saw the other predators kind of come out and like take his body away and, you know, and recognize, you know, that Danny Glover was like a true warrior. And, but also, I also kind of thought of it, it was like, they were almost like apologizing, like, yeah, we know. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Our Um, bad. Sorry. Yeah. Oops. (laughs) Yeah. So Maybe we have it. Maybe we kind of again, we kind of slow down here a little bit because we have a little action piece where where the marshal is like chasing after the this, this scavenger overkill guy. And, you know, they have a little firefight and, you know, here come the hunters and all they hear is, is gunfire and they're like, let's get them, boys. And, you know, maybe again, once again, you know, our scavenger guy gets away like he's he's, you know, he's slippery like that. Uh, but also because he's not just stopping and fighting, which is what the marshals used to, you know, like, why would you run away from a fight? Like, that doesn't make any sense. You know, that's like anathema to the predator code. Um, right. And so, yeah, we, 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 ha- we have a chance now for Maria to be able to explain, you know, to Ross and Dana exactly what's going on, what she's learned and explain to the audience like, hey, this guy is he was, you know, chasing the other guy like he's like a cop or something, dad, like you or, or like you, Miss Dana, you know, um, right. That kind of thing. And, and and this is where we're going to kind of figure out what's going on. Like, OK, yeah. So he's some kind of like a police officer, a marshal, whatever, you know, a bounty hunter, whatever it is. And he's here to try to to catch the other one. So Maria is the voice of reason, you know, the truce from the mouths of babes to catch a predator. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that just oh, like, caught me off oh. guard. That might that might be the episode title. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Oof, good. I like it. I like it. Oof. Um, <laughs> oof. 
So yeah, so again, this is where the audience is going to learn all this stuff, right? And learn it from Dana because yeah. she's she's making assumptions, but then the marshal, in whatever way, you know, he's trying to communicate. And again, it's kind of like Frankenstein because he has this sort of like hybrid like language where you know Maria says something and then the predator guy like he looks at his little wrist gauntlet and types some stuff in and then it's just like what she said or you know or whatever right. or like good you know like girl right or you know whatever you know. <laughs> exactly. uh, you know, and, and they start to learn to communicate with each other and then now again you have this team up and then of course you have you know Captain Ross who's like well you know that whatever that thing is it just slaughtered all my boys and like he's like we gotta get the reinforcements back to the base. And then, you know, Captain Dana or, or, or Chief Dana, you know, she's just like, well, I don't know about that. But all I know is I got a posse of like, you know, drunken rednecks, you know, coming up behind us with live rounds. And, mm. you know, I, I got we got to deal with that. Um, you know, so maybe they maybe they maybe they kind of split up right here. Um, you know, let's let's let Ross kind of like like get back to the base because shit, like what else is going on? Like if we got surprised out here, he's got to put the whole base on like high alert, you know, or maybe he doesn't actually leave, but, you know, gets on the horn, you know, and he's just like, you know, sound the alarm, you know, you know, everyone to their you know battle stations or whatever it is. And, right. uh, you know, and then and that maybe and yeah, and, and maybe now we get the hunters coming up and okay, so again we have we have a choose your own adventure path here. Do we have Captain Dana like talk the, the drunken, you know, hunting posse down, or do they just barrel up in these trucks and just go after the marshal and like run him off? And now we got Dana and Maria who are like, fuck, we gotta like, you know, now we gotta find them, catch up again, we're on the run again. But and I'm kind of like in the second one because I kind of want again we get this I love this visual of like the the predator on the run you know just you know through the high grass jumping over hills like you know jumping into, into a copse of trees these these hunters in their in their trucks maybe the sun's starting to go down you know at this point it's getting a little dark uh, they get their headlights on I'm seeing headlights you know shining in like this wide open spaces cool silhouettes as like the marshal like jumps over a rise you know right. and uh, and uh, um, yeah and. You know, we start seeing some some of these pickups, you know, crash, and maybe the marshal, maybe he doesn't want to fight him, but he's like, okay, you know, like gotta start taking him out, you know, and right. you know, and, and again, we could have another thing where you know, Maria, Dana, whoever, are like, no, 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 like they're with us, like stop, you know, um, but again, just for like a cool action set piece, because now we get like a car chase in the in the middle of our you know uh, our okay. our countryside action movie. All right, so hold on. So let me backtrack just to make sure I'm following correctly. So we have, uh, you know, all the way back to where Ross and Dana and and you know, they meet up with Maria and the Predator, and then we get the the scavenger fires the gauntlet. The Predator stops it, you know, just before it hits, uh, you know, hits Maria. You do is he chasing after the scavenger here? Does he does he chase after him and lose him? And then that's when we get the rednecks, you know, coming up and they have to like kind of hide. Or I think I lost well, my I... place. Yeah, no, I think that there was a scene where, um, so again, back up to like the farmhouse, right? So right, right. The, mar- the marshal, so again, the marshal kind of knocks the scavenger's gun to the side so that it doesn't hit Maria. We see him protect Maria. Then they have a little grapple. They have a hand-to-hand, like blade-to-blade fight. The right. marshal gets hurt enough that he has to like heal himself. And this is where Maria helps him out. Remember we talked about. Right, all right? that I got. What I'm talking oh, about is yeah, when. When Maria or when Dana and Ross end up getting to that. Oh, I see. Yeah, like yeah. when they when they because because that remember that first interaction where they're all freaking out. Mm-hmm. Maria's trying to be like, you know, no, no, no. He, he you know, he's my friend, that whole thing. And they're like, get away from him, get away. from. Him. And then we there's the the gauntlet fire like that the creature shoots at tries to kill Maria. And, you know, the uh, the the marshal grabs Got the blade it. and like turns and starts shooting at where the blade came from. Like and that's and then, you know, starts giving chase and then 
uh, Maria, Ross, and and Dana start following, like, well, shit, maybe he is the good guy type of thing. Yeah, okay, um, you're, you're, you're right. Yeah, I backed up too much. No, you're right. I, yeah, I, I see the scavenger getting away again because, again, I, I would like to get to a point where we have all three of our poachers, and we haven't even yes. introduced our third one. I think our third one should be, like, the ringleader, right? When well, we haven't introduced I, yet. I have a really fun idea for him. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so I want the scavenger to be the sli- the slippery eel who, like, gets away again. So I... And then, and then that, and this is where we get the hunters who are now the hunters are catching up to them because it's almost like the fight with the scavenger slowed them down enough to the for the posse to catch up. And now the posse mm. is gonna now the posse is gonna give chase to to the marshal and um, you know Captain Ross is gonna get on the horn and like you know rally all the troops and Dana and Marie are gonna try to like they're gonna try to like talk the posse down but you know unsuccessfully and and eventually what happens is the marshal just has to turn and take them all out like you know but it's just a cool like set piece for like a big action like right. a, like chase scene but then and this is where I this is honestly this is where I'm I, I get stuck or I, I I'm not sure where to go next because I want to have that like chase scene you know Marshall takes out all the hunters in their pickups and now we're left again and it's sort of like this ambivalent morality of like the Marshall was kind of becoming a friend and kind of becoming like this main character but now we killed a bunch of dudes right so right you know kind of ambivalent like let the, let the audience decide how they feel about it but again like the Terminator he's like to live you know <laughs> like right yeah, right um, okay wait I, I got an idea I, okay I don't I don't know how to get this group of people like Ross Dana Maria and the Marshall are now like amongst the wreckage of all these pickup trucks how do we get Get them to the next like uh, location so that we can get them, you know, to the poachers again, or get them back to the base or something like that. Go ahead. Okay, I got an idea. So, so when when the marshal is chasing after uh, the scavenger, when he's you know chasing after him, and and you know he the scavenger just tried to try to shoot him or shoot Maria. What if the scavenger just fucking slows him down by doing that fucking bolo thing again and just trips up the marshal? You know, and and disappears like into the night. You hear that like clicking, clacking sound that the predator makes, and the marshal just like you know fist to the ground, like pissed, like fuck, he got away again. Like, keep in mind he's still injured, you know, so maybe Mm -hmm. he's not on his A game. While that's going on, you got the rednecks coming up. Dana and Ross maybe try to stop them, and they're just like you know like move out of the way, sheriff, that type of thing. Like he killed our boys, and you know, so they they start cornering the marshal. Ross throws Maria in his truck or in his Jeep and they take off. Like I'm getting my daughter out of here. So now yeah. you have the, the rednecks there and they start shooting at the predator. You know, he's going to of course have some kind of like, they have those little like force field thingies, like the little blockers that they use. So maybe he's like, tr- he first tries to like block them and he's like, maybe just shooting their guns, like just blowing up their guns in their hand or like, you know, blowing out the tires of their car, like trying to, not kill them <laughs> like he's doing his best and then maybe he's just yeah. like fuck it and starts like taking out their legs <laughs> like you're still gonna live but fuck you it just starts like blowing off meat you know yeah, yeah. so like he was trying point, to be nice because he had a friend and now he's just like stop fucking shooting at me <laughs> right like you guys are slowing me down so now dana sees that and maybe that scares her she's like oh oh shit like he's not all good maybe like so now she's a little freaked by this the and we'll have the marshal like kind of uh you know start to run the rest of the rednecks you know get in the trucks and start chasing them like you said so we have our big chase sequence um like you know off into the night now cut back to ross getting maria home or getting her back to the base maybe because like you'll be safe here and he's like trying to call things in so he's calling his superiors like we got some fucking alien shit going on yeah right so 
he's trying to call this in. And the reason I want to have that is you're going to have like a bunch of like, you know, military police and other soldiers like kind of like putting the town on lockdown, like going through like, okay, you know, we're we're setting up blockades. There's some shit going down. So we're going to have some some, you know, uh, soldiers fanning out. Maybe they're with working with the cops. You know, Dana's still out there chasing after the rednecks that are chasing after the marshal that's chasing after scavenger. <laughs> you know, so we got our big chase scene happening. But what if on the outskirts of town, right? We start hearing stuff, we start hearing weird noises. The soldiers are looking around, start kind of like walking out, you know, looking to see what's going on. Just like a fucking trapdoor spider. The third predator will be like the trapper. So have like the Ooh, ground nice. open up and yank somebody down. And the like people like shining their flashlights around. Cause remember it's now dusk. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's nighttime. So they're looking around like what the fuck happened? And then like another guy just gets like yanked back. Like maybe like a, like some kind of like cord or something he steps on something, pulls him back by his foot, like off into the brush. And nice. then we see that this thing has been setting up all these like traps. So we see it kind of like come out. It's all like camouflaged looking. Maybe has, maybe it all, maybe it's, main use is like bladed weapons like it doesn't really fuck around with the shoulder cannons so yeah, it just yeah. starts like you know throwing spears and those little discs and, sh- and just taking out soldiers left and right as it's moving toward the town yeah so it's, is, it's this, this guy's like sorry yeah this guy's like the he's like the native you know he's like the, mm-hmm. he, he's like gone underground okay yeah that's good yeah so he's so now we have uh we have we have the tech one out there maybe he's ripping apart the tanks and shit and trying to cobble together what he can um we have the scavenger running from the marshal and then we have you know the the trapper the native or whatever we want to call him like heading into town so and remember we get now we have the military mm-hmm. on their way because ross has called it in like hey, we need reinforcements we're dying <laughs> you know there are aliens um so yeah i don't know now now we're kind of leading toward our big you know climactic third act where we're gonna have to have all the predators versus uh, versus the marshal and versus the military and the cops and all that. And so how do we get all these pieces together on the board at the same time? Yeah, no, that's good. So I think Dana at some point should realize that like, wait a second, like the scavenger, when they were chasing him, like he, he wasn't going like straight, you know, just off in the middle of nowhere. Maybe at some point she realizes, wait a second, like, he's on his way to town or, or like, you know, the town is that way, you know, like, Oh shit. Okay. You know, like it's, so she's like, no, 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 no. Hang on. Like Ross, like get the soldiers, like send them, send them to the town. Like don't have them come out here, send them to the town, like cut them off. And then, you know, th- these are smart, you know, smart people like soldiers and like yeah. cut them off at the pass basically. Right. You know, right. uh, like, uh, this, the scavenger, whoever it is, is headed to town. Um, so what I'm thinking was that's, that's what, that's exactly what exactly where the scavenger would want to go. Right. Because obviously he's overkill. He wants everything. And he's like, Oh, there's a town. Like there's a lot of, there's a whole lot of people, you know, like go, <laughs> go, back, in, go back in the direction where these, all these people came from. And cause he knows he's just going to, he could stroll right into town and, and just start, you know, ripping dudes apart, like left and right. And he's not, he's not worried about anything, you know, and at this point, like covers blown. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know necessarily that we'd be able to communicate it to the audience, but like, you know, hey, his cover's blown. So there's no point in staying out in the, you know, in the countryside killing farmers. Yeah. Like, you can just stroll down Main Street at this point. Um, yeah. And, and we've got our high tech dude, like, over at the military base, fucking up all their gear, you know, basically taking out the, the other warriors, like, stealing what he wants. But basically, just it's just 
damage like fuck up all these tanks because then he doesn't have to worry about the soldiers you know because again it's like the weekend and you know there wasn't and it's not like an active you know war zone so like most of these their gear is empty and idle or whatever um yeah so i'm thinking we can maybe fast forward the story beats a little bit here but i'm thinking we got to get this high-tech guy he's basically gonna like take out the base as much as possible and then he's just gonna like be strolling into town like going to meet up the scavenger and he's got all these soldiers like on his ass trying to stop him and he's just brushing them off like they're nothing because he's souped up you know he's right he's 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 upgraded everything you know he's got he's got all the all the bonus sets you know Uh, (laughs) right (laughs) yeah and the scavenger is just strolling into town because he's just like, ooh, I, I can take your skull and your skull and your skull and your skull, you know. <laughs> and uh, and maybe we haven't seen the trapper yet. Or if we did, maybe we don't realize it's another one, you know, at this point. Um, right. You know, or maybe, uh, maybe you know, as the marshal is giving chase, you know, he kind of got delayed by injuries and delayed by the the posse and the pickup trucks. Now he's like, fuck, got to catch up to the scavenger. You know, again, maybe on the way there, you know, again, it, to your point, like at some point we, we would have seen some scenes of like the trap door traps and like pulling dudes into holes. And it's like, whoa, like, is what, what is that? Is that the scavenger? Is that the high tech? Is that another one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, let, let's have the marshal run into some of that on his way there. Like, you know, he falls into like a pit full of stakes or something and like no shit now he now he's trapped in there so now you know the military's got to go into town and and face off against the two predators that are like walking into town um but i think what i'd like to get to a point is it's going to be tons of property damage i mean big action set pieces right right in town they're blowing the whole fucking place up and uh you know and maybe it's not colleen specifically but there's a bunch of like other like smaller towns around there we could pick a smaller town to like destroy you know right right Uh, uh, but yeah, so what we, we, we think there's two predators and the, the military and the, the locals, the hunters, the police, you know, they're just they're firing crazy trying to stop them. And these guys are just they're walking in like the juggernaut, like they they are prepped and ready to go. Not yep. afraid, at not afraid at all. The marshal is like, a, you know, held up because he got like locked, trapped in a pit. He's got to get out of that or something. Um, and, and, and I think Maria, Maria let's have Maria rescue the marshal again in some way. How do we do that? Is it, you know, does she see him fall into some pit? Does she see him get attacked? I just think it would be an interesting story beat. Like we already saw her kind of patch him up and he's rescued her twice now. Right. Mm. Uh, but with, from the scavenger, how did, how does she rescue him? Do we do it now or do we do it later? Like during our big fight when she, you know, she throws him a weapon or something like that. Yeah, I, th- I think that would make more sense because I'm thinking like any way of having him trapped, like you figure the predator is like seven feet tall. Things got away like 300 pounds. Plus, it's got all that gear on it. You know, I, I can't imagine her being able to like pick him up or help him in any way. Hell, I can't imagine me being able to pick him <laughs> up or help him in any way. You know what right. I'm saying? So I yeah. feel like throwing him some kind of weapon or, you know, not maybe like knocking something over onto one of the other predators, distracting them so they they miss a shot or something like that. I feel like that would be a good way to have her help him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Ooh. so like, oh, good. So I was there. So yeah, let's have, let's have the marshal. So yeah, Ross, Ross took Maria like back to like town or whatever. And, and, or back to somewhere safe where he thinks, he thinks he put her somewhere safe. And then he's going to, he's going to go to town and like meet up with the soldiers. And, but we saw Dana last, like trying, trying to talk down the posse and the pickups, you know, unsuccessfully. Right. Right. So she's basically like following, 
following uh, the marshal still too. So maybe she's the one who sees him go into this pit. He's like trapped down there. It's slowing him down. And then maybe, you know, maybe she's like trying to get him out of there. She's trying to find some way, like, let me look in. And the point is that like, she's gone full circle around to like, we need this guy. Like, let, let's get him out of here. Um, I got an idea. Okay, good. I like it. So, so yeah, so, uh, so we have the whole fight with the, the rednecks and all that shit. And, you know, the, maybe the, the marshal ends up, like you said, falling into a pit of some kind, um, whether it be, you know, from the trapper or the scavenger, we don't know who set it up, but like some kind of clear, clearly a, a trap that, uh, the marshal fell into running from the rest of the rednecks. Um, she finds him like that. And again, he's, he's injured. He's down in the pit, you know, the only way she can get him out is by using like her truck, for example. So she uses like throws the winch down to him, you know, and pulls yeah. him up out of the truck and then like helps him to the flatbed. You know, he like mm-hmm. kind of like flops into the flatbed. She covers him up with a tarp and drives him back to town. Yeah, there you go. So that's cool. It's like she's like, OK, we got to get back the, past the redneck posse that's chasing him. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah. Kind of like sneaks him past the rednecks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there you go. And 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 this could be an opportunity for us to introduce the trapper like on screen before he joins his his cohorts in in on like Main Street, right? Where yeah, like so she's driving him into town. Maybe she's on the she's on the radio and obviously, you know, she's she's Everyone knows that there's like a gunfight, you know, like there's chaos in town, but maybe she's on the radio and she's like calling up her boys, her deputy, whoever, like, hey, I got I got like, you know, the secret weapon or whatever. I, I got I got something, you know, I got the problem, the the answer, whatever it is. She's like, you got you to gotta meet me, blah, blah, blah. Meet me at this place and meet me at the corner. And, uh, you know, so she's trying to get some people to come out, you know, like for, let the military handle like the big giant monsters and just like, come help me. Um, right. You know, bring all bring all the weapons you can. And right as she's on the horn saying this, like, fucking truck just, like, again, into, like, a pit or into a wall or, you know, a net drops down across, like, the path of the road and just flips it over. But, like, let's have the trapper come out. Like, he's like, oh, you, you, you thought I only laid one booby trap? <laughs> you know? Right. Um, and, and, yeah, so now we've got Dana hurt. Like, the truck is fucked up. The marshal went flying out the back, you know, or he's maybe maybe he's pinned in the back of it or something underneath the up, upside-down truck. You know, and now we see this, uh, this trap guy kind of like kind of emerged out of the shadows and he yeah he's he's all dressed like a frog man you know and like he's got like all this camouflage and like not like just a, the invisibility a predator ghillie suit <laughs> yeah exactly yeah exactly right exactly and it just like looks it's just like creepy you know again he's so we have the high-tech guy and we have the guy who's just like you know scavenging everything and this guy's just he's sleeker but it's like you know it's it's like th- it's creepy it's threatening like he doesn't need all that shit like it's just him you know what i mean like yeah. i I'm not seeing him have any, you know, maybe the most basic of like bladed, like his bladed weapons, his knives, but like no arm, no shoulder cannon. Fuck, maybe he doesn't even have a helmet on. You know, yeah. he's just all natural, you know. Right. Uh, and now he's coming slowly to like, you know, he's gonna like he's gonna get Dana. She's trapped in this truck, and maybe maybe at this point, you know, some of the her like deputies or whoever the the other cops like they show up and he's just he just, he's not even looking at him he's just like taking him down like throwing a weapon like a boomerang blade at him and back like beheading some dude like effortless you know yeah. we have to show that this dude is like 
he's not fucking around like nothing's going to slow him down you know he's taking he's taking bullets like whatever you know <laughs> yeah he's clearly the leader of the crew yeah exactly right he's he's the most badass of all of them the one that's going to frighten everybody and he's just like narrowing in on dana like trapped in the truck and she just sees him coming and she's you know just trying to empty her the clip at him and he's either like just taking the bullets or he's like deflecting them like a fucking ninja you know just like like maybe he's make maybe he's got one of those like blade spears and he's just like spinning it like like it's nothing like like, yeah. would you would you stop? You know, oh, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and then yeah, right when he gets to, right when he gets to the truck and he's about to like lift the spear, he's about to grab Dana. We see the the marshal, you know, like he reaches out from the back of the truck where he was trapped, and he just like you know. He, he grabs the the trapper's like leg and like pulls him and knocks him over or something, you know, saves Dana. And uh, and and so they can have like a little bit of a struggle. But the marshal, he's either still trapped under the truck partway or maybe he's just hurt again, you know. But we, I want to have like a these guys have a little bit of a fight, but it's got to be like uh, we're not going to be satisfied. It's not the big showdown yet. Like yeah. They're going to have a little tussle. And then, you know, the somehow for some reason, the trapper's got to like take off, you know. All right, I got, uh, I got an idea. So, so the truck is flipped. You have the marshal uh, trapped under the the flatbed part. Like he's in the flatbed, but like the truck is on top of him. Dana's strapped in. Like she's shooting him, like you said. Um, and he's just slowly walking over. So he's got like his big. I'm I'm almost picturing like a a, a halberd style like spear uh or not spear but uh like long arm with like a huge blade mm-hmm. on the end and like he he like holds it up like he's gonna jam it down through the truck and and kill her you know she's freaking out we see yep. the marshal reach out and grab the predator's leg and then um uh release the the uh the blades on his gauntlet so it stabs like right through where his achilles tendon would be oh um, and so the, the thing just, you know, roars, drops its blade and kind of like falls to one knee. And then maybe he backhands the truck. So the truck goes flipping. So oh, it yeah. tumbles. Dana's still in it. Like, you know, it's it's tumbling across the frickin, you know, the, 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 the ground. And the marshal is still on the ground injured. The thing now grabs the marshal by the head and like flings him. So it gets up. It's still injured. It's maybe it's limping because he fucked up his ankle pretty bad. But yeah. it's pissed. So now the marshal's wounded, it's wounded, they get up, and we're going to get our tussle between the two of them. And m- maybe it'll be like, yeah, so like, okay, so the, the the hunter is, maybe he's getting the upper hand, like he's beating the shit out of the marshal. The marshal's still getting some shots in, maybe he's cutting him with his, his wrist gauntlet, shooting him a couple times with his cannon, you know, the, the trapper is, is, is fucking this dude up. Maybe that's when we get the reinforcements. The other cops show up, start shooting the hell out of it, it turns pissed off and runs off. So the, the, the hunter uh, or the trapper leaves and, you know, the marshals lay in there like, fuck, <laughs> you know, like this poor predator has been put through the ringer. Yeah. Right. You know, but the other cops show up, they help out Dana and they're like, is this what you wanted us to see Sarge? You know, that kind of like, holy crap, there's a monster over there. Um, so it, it, they distract the trapper long enough and it's injured because of the marshal They distract it long enough to allow you know, Dana to kind of fill these guys in and for them to like help the marshal back on his feet again. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Right. Yeah. I, I, I dig it. Right. So yeah, the, mm-hmm. so now, and now we've seen the marshal, like he's gotten like real fucked up, but he's done a real, but he's also done a pretty good job of like, he tussled with a scavenger. He tussled with the trapper, you know, like he, ha- he hasn't come face to face with like Mr. High tech yet, but like, you know, he's no slouch is my point. Right? right. And, uh, and at this point, yeah, I mean, he's been injured. He's lost his gear. Um, what if, 
and, and now all these all these like you know cops with like you know sidearms and like rifles or whatever like they're just like regular cops i think it'd be right. really funny really funny if uh you know the, they're like okay we gotta we gotta, we gotta get, get to town right and then we're gonna we'll cut back to the town and we'll see again like just there's just like this chaos and in you know, the military or you know fight trying to fight off the two predators they're there like you know it, it they're maybe maybe at this point the predators have like taken cover behind you know some blown up building rubble or something like you know so it's just a straight up like war zone mm-hmm. um and um, I think it would be funny if we just if we turn and we see the marshal like he's the marshal, right? Like the like I'm thinking like it's like a Western and he's just strolls yep. into town, but he's not decked out in like predator gear. He's decked out in like human guns. Human gear, like yes! every everyone, like all the cubs. He was like, give me all your guns. You know, yes. I was actually <laughs> going to say we need to have a scene where he comes in with like a, a friggin like Colt Python or like, you know, some kind of like six shooter. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And maybe we, maybe there's like one cop who was like, you know, the high tower, the one guy who had like all the fucking like paramilitary gear. And so now we have, so he has like a bandolier of bullets and like a machine gun, you know what I mean? Right. We're, also, we're also talking about Texas hunters. Like they use machine guns. Like, let's, let's, oh, yeah. Let's, <laughs> yeah. So, so now he's like Rambo. <laughs> right. And again, and we're, we're trying to get that nineties action aesthetic. So this is perfect. This fits so well to that, that mindset. Yeah, exactly. Right. He's like the Schwarzenegger, you know, as the predator, right. With all, all the human gear, machine yep. guns and just dripping with bullets, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And he's going to basically come up behind the scavenger in high tech and be like, you know, surprise, you know, whatever. Like if he was, a, he, if he was Schwarzenegger, he'd drop one of those one liners right now, you know? Right. And uh, yeah, he's, he's just going to come up behind him and, and, um, and basically turn the predators around, the poachers, to turn them around to fight him. And then, yeah, we we gotta have this little like firefight with the two, you know, with the three of them. But then here comes the trapper. Like we thought he was gone, and just have him just kind of come out of literal nowhere. Like one of those things where it's like the horror movies always do, where it's like, how could he possibly have been standing behind that truck or whatever? You know, <laughs> right. it just it's just like out of thin air. It's like suddenly he's just there and boom, he like, you know, he takes down uh, the marshal, like, and, you know, disarms him from his big machine gun or something, you know, just kind of, kind of like, you know, uh, weaken him a little bit. Right. And now you've got the trapper, the scavenger, the Mr. High tech, you know, all in the street, you know, ammo depleted the same thing with the marshal. Right. And now it's like, it's time for like the big showdown. Yeah. So of course we're going to have uh, like, it's, it's going to be a lot of, predator fisticuffs uh, a lot of like bladed fighting happening here so yeah so the marshal and, and we show then maybe this is where we show how badass the marshal actually is like he's holding his own against all three of these guys like yeah they're getting their shots in but he's he's still maybe he maybe he fucks up one of them like maybe he grabs high tech and like snaps its neck or like maybe, yeah. maybe he pull he pulls a victor crowley and like grabs him in the mandibles and like pops his head apart you know? oh nice <laughs> like, yeah it's freaking like you know, oh, you, you want to use all your gadgets? You're fucking done. You know, just kills them. Uh, so now we got like the the scavenger and and the hunter, and they're, and they're maybe they're they're they get the marshal and they're like fucking pummeling the shit out of him, right? And then this is where we can have Maria, like you know, throw him some kind of gun. Like maybe it's you know like a like a fucking dirty Harry style, you know, maybe it's like Dana's sidearm or something. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we, we have like, you know, Chekhov's gun, whatever it is. So yeah. at some, at some point earlier in the movie, we would have had to introduce. So yeah, it's either 
Dana or Ross, one of them has like, you know, some awesome, like Dirty Harry style, like fucking hand cannon, or it's one of like the Marshall's own weapons, you know, that maybe, uh, you know, maybe Maria kind of had it, you know, one of, maybe it's one of his like throwing like boomerang, like shuriken or whatever it is. Like maybe she was, yeah, maybe she was holding on to it from when she had been helping him earlier, like get patched up, you know? I, okay. No. Oh, dude, hold on. Hold on. I, I, I fucking got it. Okay. This, this, this is perfect. So when the earlier, when we said that I, I said that the scavenger fires one of the wrist blades and dude grabs it, mm-hmm. uh, Marshall grabs it. No, no, no. He throws one of those discus things, right? The like okay. the little gauntlet or the little disc that like has the, the crawl blades that fling out. Mm-hmm. He throws one of those and, and yeah, the Marshall grabs it and stops it, you know, and he like kind of, he looks at it in his hand and he drops it. So it never goes back to the scavenger. So Maria gets that thing. Like she grabs it. Like, oh, shit, alien tech. I'm going to take this. Yeah. You know, yeah. she has it. She slides it over to the marshal. So, I, cause I'm just picturing the scene where he grabs the disc and like jams it into the freaking uh, trapper's mouth and then unleashes the crawl blades. Oh, hell yeah. So it just like rips his face apart from the inside out. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I pictured that scene when you were just describing where, like, when the scavenger throws it at him, because it's like a boomerang, right? But I, I, I picture the marshal, instead of, like, grabbing it or whatever, I picture him, like, he like he swatted it to the ground, you know? And maybe, okay. that, maybe that hurt him, but it, like then, it, then it's, like, lodged in the ground. And that's when, then, then, they, then when they run off, that's when Maria, she's just like, uh, take a nap, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know? yeah, But, yeah. like, and but nobody knows only the audience knows that she's got it right so again it's kind of like let's forget about it right and she's right. she's she's got it in her pocket or her bag or you know whatever the fuck she's had with her this whole time yeah no that's perfect yeah she slides it to him and then he just he does the uh you know he just spins it around right into fucking trapper's face and then I, I think it's clear that the trapper is like the leader of this group, but the scavenger right. has been the big bad so far. This is like the third or fourth time that they've squared off. And I pictured the scavenger being like a big motherfucker, you know, the yeah. biggest, get the biggest dude in Hollywood, the biggest guy you can, you know, you can, because uh, it's going to be very much like it was Schwarzenegger going up against the predator in the first movie that you're going to get, you know, the Marshall going up against like, you know, not again, one of those big, like super predators, but just a big motherfucker. You know, yeah, I, I picture the scavenger very beefy, like, you know, like kind of like a like a predator bodybuilder type thing where he's very exactly. muscular, but he's also wily, you know, because, again, like he's he's escaped so many times. And I pictured like the trapper to be like this this uh, you said high tower earlier, but yeah, like a high tower type, you know, a very imposing, like standing back straight, like mm-hmm. big, tall motherfucker. And then high tech, I pictured to be kind of like. Uh, you know, a, a average predator, but just like he beefs himself up with all the gear. So like he's not like muscular or proud. He's just like the Weasley little tech monster. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so uh, Scavenger would be he would still be a very deadly foe. Like he's gonna be like the beefiest of the group. Yeah. And uh, and I almost can't decide if I want him to get away or not though. Okay, so here's here's what I want. Here's what I want. And let me tell you what I'm thinking, and then you, then we can we can do a little reverse if you if you're not into it. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, so we took down High Tech already. We took down the Trapper, who we kind of set him up as like the leader, but we're gonna take him down right now, chop his fucking head in half. <laughs> and right. then now we have the Scavenger he, again. I was thinking like a big exactly. He's the you know he's the Jesse the body right. He's the big yeah. big dude. 
Uh, and so, yeah, we're going to have these guys square off the scavenger and the marshal. They're going to fight again. Now the marshal's got this bladed weapon. The scavenger's got, you know, whatever his claws. And so we're going to have another tussle between the two of them. And then what we're seeing is we're seeing like these military guys who were in town. They were obviously having a firefight not that long ago. And, you know, they were like, you know, licking their wounds and recovering. And now you have this small unit and there you see them come in from all sides with Captain Ross. Right. And they're like, yeah. they're, they're surrounding the fight, but they're just kind of like watching to kind of wait and see what's going to happen. Um, and so what I'm thinking is, uh, and, and one of these guys, one of the, one, whether it's Captain Ross or someone like now they're like fuck machine guns. Now they're bringing in like heavy artillery because obviously this is like serious business. So one of them's got like a fucking like anti-aircraft or like a bazooka or <laughs> right. something, right? Or maybe it's Ross himself. He's like screw the machine guns. They, they don't do they don't do dick. Bullets aren't hurting these guys. And uh, yeah, so they're gonna, they're kind of like watching the fight. It's almost like that that big climactic action movie thing where it's like, no, no, just let just let them fight. Just let you know, just let yeah. you know, just let uh, you know, uh, uh, Riggs and you know, and Mr. Joshua have their battle in the front yard. You know what I mean, or whatever, <laughs> right? You know, exactly. They, they happen in horror or in action movies all the time. Like just let the two of them fight. And so that's kind of what's happening. But then it becomes pretty obvious that the scavenger is about to go in for like for like you know the the death blow. Like he's winning, and then boom, his fucking head explodes explodes because ross hits him with a goddamn bazooka you know yeah. <laughs> i love it okay Cause yeah we, perfect because they were just kind of waiting to see what was going to happen and then ross was like ah fuck it like i'm not gonna let the marshal go down like this like you know and yeah i just and then and then you know the marshal stands up and he's like you know breathing heavy he's surveying the the scene he's kind of looking around and sees what sees, what, sees what's going on and um and, and he's like, okay, you know, like whatever, like job's done, you know, have him reach down and grab from high tech or for whoever he grabs the little invisibility uh, device or the gauntlet that's going to like give him that ability again. And, you know, and, you know, and then the military is, you know, they're, they're surrounding him. They're kind of like, uh, do we have to worry about you now? You know? And, and, right. you know, and, and Ross is kind of like, you know, Maria, get out of there. Like, we still don't know who this guy is. We don't know where he comes from. We don't know. We don't know. We can trust him. You know, now that his like, you know, these guys, these other guys are dead. And of course we have to have the little touching moment, the marshal and Maria, like she walks up and she, maybe she puts his hand up and like puts her hand on his hand. It's holding like the, the bladed discus kind of like, I trust you, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, and have the marshal give her like a meaningful look and look around and everyone's surrounding him with guns. And then maybe he just like suddenly goes invisible. And then we see Maria's hand just drop. Like, Oh, he took off. Like he, 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 he ran out of here, but he, you know, he, he did his little Batman, you know, uh, escape and you right. know, somehow and just ran off out of town. And they're like, where'd he go? Someone find him, you know? But of course, you know, Dana and Marshall and Ross are like, nah, let him go. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> this this fits in perfectly with the, the ending I wanted to do. So so we, we do that, but we have to have him obviously he 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 sees Maria now as a warrior. So he has yeah. to give her something. So maybe he gives her back the discus. Oh yeah, like, there you go. You know, like he hands it to her and she's she's looking at it. And you know, like she's she's got his hand, you know, she's like holding on to his other hand. He turns and like he maybe looks back at Ross, like kind of locks eyes with him. And is like, you know, turns invisible and then boom, gone. So now we're, we're going to have we don't know where he went. We're going to have to assume, you know, he went off world again. Um, I want to cut to like a either before credits or after credits scene where we have the superiors come in and talk to Ross, like his his bosses. Right. And they're like, we mm -hmm. have to show you something, you know, and they bring him into a conference room where we're going to see Dutch and Harrigan sitting at the table along with like, maybe there's like 
some dude from like 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 some kind of like Chinese officer or some kind of like Russian like black ops guy. And they're like, so welcome to the club type of thing of like, you've now witnessed this. And we find out the Predators have been here over and over again and slowly like the the peoples of the world are kind of being like we gotta keep this shit hush hush because people would lose their damn mind if they knew aliens were hunting us but they're forming a a defense force against the predators yeah because you know it's the 90s you have to have that big like team up moment like you know leading to something bigger yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it would be cool, too, because it would be kind of like, you know, very proto-Avengers, proto-Expendables. Yeah, but it's be right, perfect, right. right? Yeah, and, and we saw that, too, like in the latter-day sequels, right? We saw, and we see even in Predator 2, that was his name, uh, you know, Gary Busey's character, Keys, yep. I think it was, right? You know, yeah. he worked for the government. They knew that the Predators existed, but they were keeping it secret, but they were trying to track him, and he had, like, a lot of resources. So, yeah, I think it makes perfect sense that, like, all the while this was going on, and, of course, it's a, there was a military operation in this town, and they were calling in for battle. Up. So yeah, you know, more guys come in and they, you know, they clean up the town. They do the whole hush hush, you know, uh, operation. But yeah, I, that's perfect. I think that makes a lot of sense to kind of like welcome him into like the club. Um, yeah. You know, and and again, you know, not what we, what we didn't know and then, but what we eventually found out is they kind of, they kind of did something similar in the Predator. You know, most right. recently where we saw that it was a much bigger operation. Uh, you know, in secret. You know what one thing we did forget, though, and and and, and it's, it's OK, I think what we came up with works really well, but I did want to at some point show the ship of the uh, the scavenger of the, the the poachers and see that uh, alien egg in, in stasis. Um, OK, no, no. Here's how we do it. Here's we can how we work it. it in. Yeah, here's how we work it in. So we introduce Ross to the others. Right. And have them basically be like you know, talking about what they've, what they've seen over and over again, like with the predators and then have them be like, we were able to recover their ship and we're going to pan over and we're going to see like a bunch of scientists. Like maybe it's like, you know, the whole ET tented thing where it's like the giant white tents around this thing. Yeah. And like you see all the guys in like, you know, suits with Geiger counters, like going around and we're seeing all this crazy, like trophies and tech and stuff within the ship. And we see some stasis pods, and we see one of them has like an alien egg. Maybe one of them has like a face hugger or something like that. Hell, maybe even go so far as to throw in like in the trophy room, have like a fucking endoskeleton arm. I don't know. Do some crazy shit in the back. Hell yeah. There could be um, like, an e- like an ET skull or something. Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> have some yeah, kind totally. of crazy shit. But like have them have maybe some maybe somebody even says something like we may even have a bigger problem and then panic cross like to the alien embryo or the alien egg. And end it there because everyone was waiting for Alien versus Predator anyway. <laughs> so if we end it there, that opened the gate for the Alien versus Predator movies. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I love that. I love that. And of course, you know, at this time in the '90s, uh, that would have made awesome you know, or perfect sense. Now, having seen the latter day movies, the first thing I thought of was, well, why didn't the Marshall just blow their ship up? You know, because right. they, they were doing that all the time in the other movies. Like just, oh, right. you know, we got we got compromised. Just blow the ship up. Like, fuck, yep. them, you know, um, burn the corpses and blow the ship. up. <laughs> exactly. But of course, you know, we could always explain it away like, you know, uh, in the in the Wikipedia or whatever, in the Predipedia that you're like, oh, right. yeah, it's because these guys were like poachers. They weren't like they weren't in like a military or like a typical ship. They were they were AWOL. They took they took off 
off. So yeah, there's their ship. They had like disabled that like self-destruct mechanism thing, you know, or remote destruct yeah. mechanism thing. So the marshal couldn't do anything. And you know, and or at the same time, that maybe the marshal just realized that hey, these humans had the humans in this town here. They helped me, and my code, you know, will doesn't you know I don't want to de- just destroy them. So even though I could have blew the ship up, but fuck, they found it first. So oh well, I guess yeah. I guess I'll just go home and give my you know give my debrief to the to, to the superiors and <laughs> go home to my wife, you know, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> to my little predator kids yeah exactly <laughs> no yeah this is yeah this is awesome i definitely love that i love the idea yeah we kind of just do that whole thing you said but it's kind of like look at this look what we found and uh right yeah that'd be awesome i would love that i love this whole idea yeah um, i really like this one <laughs> yeah me too this is really fun and, and and i mentioned something about a comic book tie-in at the beginning and that tie-in so much is like a reference and i had mentioned the comic books a couple of times and one of the comics that i remember seeing back in the 90s that for some reason the title just stuck in my head and i don't know why but um back in 19 i think it was 91 uh john arkady you know, longtime writer of the BPRD, uh, the guy who basically made the mask popular, um, yeah. and, and and penciled by Evan Dorkin of all people. Before Evan Dorkin like was was Dorkin when he was just like drawing comics for money. You know, um, he did that. There was a Predator miniseries called Big Game. And this is the and this is why I wanted to go this hunting route, uh, or it's not the reason why necessarily, but there was something about that title, Predator Big Game, that always sort of stuck in my head. That yeah, like this that's what these guys are, right? They're like you know safari hunters, right? It's such a great title. And so while we, what we came up with has nothing to do with the story that that John Arcady tells in Big Game, you know, like that's I, I kind of kind of think of that as the title of this of this uh, this movie that we just kind of came up with, you know, it's, it's like. P3 predator big game or something yeah. like that. You know, that's, that's always, that's kind of what I had in my mind the whole time we were talking is I want to get this, uh, like, you know, sports hunter theme going in the movie because we saw that with the poachers and now also with like the human hunters, which I hadn't really seen before, but I thought it was cool to see that on both sides. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm actually really proud of this one. Like, cause it's funny, like going into it, this is probably the one that I thought about the property, the least, because, like, with, uh, with with Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th, I mean, I can recite that shit in my sleep. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, very familiar with those. Police Academy, I did the deep dive. Like, I watched all the films and, you know, and, and really got into it. And then Goonies, I watched a couple of times before we even recorded. And, like, Street Fighter, like I said, that one, we were both kind of like, nah, nah, nah. Um, but this, this one... I'm familiar with the property, but I didn't rewatch everything. I, I watched uh, uh, Alien vs. Predator Requiem, and I watched I rewatched The Predator, and that's all I rewatched for, before this. And um, so I was a little bit like apprehensive because I had I didn't really think a bunch about what we were gonna do or like any kind of ideas or wasn't really formulating much. So when we sat down, I was like, all right, <laughs> this one's really <laughs> off the cuff. Like, yeah. You know, but I mean, and, and that's kind of what we always set out to do anyway, is, is, is as off the cuff as we possibly can, because um, it's hard not to think ahead of time. Like when you have a week knowing like, hey, we're going to do a predator topic, like it's kind of hard not to think about any kind of story ideas. But um, really, the only thing that ha- that I had in my head, like I said, right before the, the show was the poacher thing. And so I yeah. really like where this went. I was I was enjoying the ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. And I, I didn't know you know, what you were going to do. I know you said you had kind of an idea 
And uh, like I said at the top of the show, you know, I had an idea and you had an idea. And we're like, okay, well, let's just make sure that we at least have like the location that that uh, vibes or that jibes so that we're not like fighting each other to like get your idea in. Like if we could at least yeah. start start with the the common ground, no pun intended, of just picking the place where it was going to be. But yeah, all I again, I was just thinking of the Predator big game. Because just because I had that title in my head and I thought it would be cool to kind of do something with hunting as a theme. Um, and I know we had talked about like, oh, it's like a, you know, if we're going to do Predator P3 is like a big 90s action movie. Then we got to have action set pieces and over the top, you know, uh, fights and explosions and like, uh, you know, some kind of like teenager or like kid character for like the audience to relate to. You know, and that's that's kind of all I had going into it. I wasn't sure what we were going to do with the military aspect i know you had kind of mentioned that once or even at the, even at the beginning of the recording here and i was like i don't know man like i'm not i don't know how that works into the story that i was thinking of or at least mm. you know the the sort of impressions that i had in my head of like what I, what i would have done with it but yeah no i'm glad i'm glad we were able to kind of combine uh, the military presence with the hunting and still get that like, you know, younger human uh, point of view character tossed in there and yeah. we, we got some cool action scenes and even managed to work in like a car chase, even though we're like in the out in the countryside, <laughs> you know? Right. Well, and, so. and that was the thing, like the, the, the main reason I wanted the military in there was cause like, I wanted to have a scene with uh, like the military games where mm-hmm. to show like these predators don't give a fuck, you know, they're yeah. like, Oh, you don't have live rounds? Sucks to be you. Like, I really wanted to have that moment, and I wanted to have, uh, like, I wanted to be able to bring in Dutch. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I kind of figured we would have some kind of a cameo from somebody at some point, but yeah, I, then, I, then I just kind of forgot because we were kind of going down the path of, right. uh, of the story. But yeah, I really like what we came up with. You know, we, we got kind of like flustered or whatever got kind of stuck a little bit with like well how do we get into town but i think i think it works you know i'm happy with it you know i think the character i think the poetry characters are like really cool really kind of creepy you know uh and i think it's fun to kind of introduce um some some predators that have like a little bit of a personality because again even in the latter day movies they've got predators wearing like different outfits and whatever but we don't really get to know any of them that well and i think we kind of did with this idea yeah, no, I agree. And that's the thing, like, with again, with the nature of this show, like, you know, since since it is very off the off the cuff um, or like I said, as off the cuff as it possibly can be, um, you know, with, with, without mentally restraining yourself from thinking about the property ahead of time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's off the cuff. So there, there's going to be those moments where we're going to get tripped up and there's definitely going to be those moments where we get out of sync where, like, you know, one of us is thinking it's going in a different direction and then the other one takes it down a different road. And we have to go, wait, hold on, wait, what, what just happened? And kind of, like, you know, readjust, you know, ourselves. And I think that's happened one other time, like, with Goonies. Um, I know we had to kind of be like, wait where are we again because <laughs> yeah it's like but again that that's that's bound to happen so hopefully you know the, the fans of this or the people who are listening to this understand like yeah it, it, we're, we're literally first draft in this <laughs> like, yeah. we're, we're coming up with it on the spot so yeah, yeah. and one of these days and, and i know you put out this challenge and i'm a little terrified by it but we we have talked about one of these days having a guest on here challenging us you know, on the spot. And that's going to be a very interesting exercise. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. I know. We'll have to put some rules around that. Like, don't come on here and tell us to tell like a Doctor Who story. And I'm like, yeah. I've never watched Doctor Who, so I don't fucking know. You <laughs> or know? Don't, but, don't do like a deep dive. Be like, make Cellar Dweller part two. Like, dude, I saw that once when I was like 10. <laughs> like, I know. Like, no, it's got to. 
It's yeah. I, w- I would say like let's stick to like uh, like a well-known franchise that like you know anybody would have seen the movies or watched the TV show or whatever it is like something that yeah. people know about. But like yeah, just pick one, and you know um, you know like like for example, if somebody had come on here and said hey like just do something with Predator, I'd be like yeah. oh yeah cool like I haven't even seen all the movies yet, but sure why not you know exactly <laughs> like you know and, and and which is which is honestly kind of what it's like when you and I are talking about. Like, what's our next topic going to be? You know, that's kind of what, right. what what we did here is after Street Fighter, it was like, well, let's pick something that's a little bit more comfortable, you know, yeah. and, and I, I, I don't want to say easy because, you know, I did have to go and watch the movies and kind of like think about it. But like, it was just like let's something that's a little bit less, you know, a uh, little, little bit less scary <laughs> going yeah. into it. So, <laughs> you know, we were just like, let's just do Predator. I mean, that was kind of the whole conversation. And obviously, you and I thought it was hard not to think about it, but we thought about it a little bit and kind of yeah. threw out throughout this little kernel or that little kernel but it was really just like what do you want to do next i don't know something easy or something comfortable let's do let's do predator (laughs) you know and uh if if it was something like that you know i think it would be pretty fun right and and that's the thing like we wanted to to kind of do like an action sci-fi as well so that that was a big part of it too like what would fit in that uh in that vein of of action sci-fi that we feel that we have something to say you know because like I mean, honestly, if you were like, hey, uh, you know, do a new Superman movie, I'd be like, I don't fucking know, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know Superman well, but I don't fucking know. But like, yeah, Predator, sure. Absolutely. Um, I still want to cover Robocop one of these days. I still wouldn't mind uh, tackling Terminator. Hell, I wouldn't mind doing the Dark Horse Robocop versus Terminator one of these days. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, you I, know. I think I think I have that on the list. Not that one in particular, but I was like, we should do some kind of a crossover. You know, let's pick two yeah. two properties and cross them over, and just to kind of like see what we would do, like a Freddy versus Jason, or you know, whatever. Like, what would we do if if we could just decide, you know, to do to do the Predator versus Alien or whatever it was. Right. You know, like you said, let's do Terminator versus Robocop. What, what would what would that look like in a in a movie? Oh, and that's one thing I wanted to mention with with Requiem, that one little thing that pissed me off about it is it didn't follow the versus guidelines, damn it. They didn't end up falling into a body of water at the end of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Not in Requiem. No, no, not in Requiem. They did. There was a body of water at the end of the AVP. Yes. And that's something I find hilarious that like every fucking versus movies, you know, it's like Frankenstein versus the Wolfman. They get washed away when the the, (laughs) the dam breaks. And like the first uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, they tumble into the ocean. (laughs) Like Freddy versus Jason, they're thrown into Camp Crystal Lake, into, into the lake, you know. It's like it's at the end of Alien versus Predator. They fall into the, the Arctic Ocean. So <laughs> it's I don't know. I just find that hilarious that that's that became a thing for versus movies. Like, yeah. oh, that's I wonder, weird. I wonder what water would do to Robocop. Huh. Could Robocop yeah. get wet? I don't know. I mean, like, I'm, I'm sure, sure he would rain. sink like a stone. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's interesting. You know, I, I forget what episode it was that we were talking about um, the Robocop remake. Uh, but that's one, th- one of the things I thought about. Like, if they had just made it a sequel, how cool would it have been to just talk about, like, now it's Robocop, but fast forward, you know, 20 years or whatever. Like, what happened to right. Alex Murphy? Like, did he die? Did he malfunction? Like, they clearly, like, extrapolated the technology into, like, making, like, sleeker, faster, better Robocops. But, like, what happened to the old stuff and the old people? You know, I think that would have been made for a much more interesting movie than just the straight remake that we got. Totally. Although I am a big fan of that. I think it's, that's an that's a example of a good remake, uh, as I've mentioned several times. But Yeah, no, anyway. I totally agree. That would have been fun as a sequel. 
Yeah. But, I mean, it, 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 it's one of those okay. things where it's like, hmm, maybe, maybe maybe we could do that, you know? Like, let's, yeah. What happened? What about old RoboCop? <laughs> <laughs> old man Murphy. Yeah, exactly. They're like old man Logan, or you know, whatever. Like, right. yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be a fun story. Anyway, <laughs> that would <was> so. <laughs> we've been talking for a long time. I think this is good. We came up with another another fun story. Uh, another one of those movies where it's like, damn it, why doesn't this exist so I can go and watch it? I want, right? <laughs> you know, I want I want to see this one, uh, but. In the meantime, uh, you know, Mike, where can people find you talking about movies in other places? Well, they can go and check out The Boogeyman's Closet. We are also on, obviously, on Rad Pantheon, as we always mention. Um, but yeah, Boogeyman's Closet on both Facebook and Instagram. It's at Boogeyman's The on Twitter. Also, uh, co host on uh, Count Creepyhead's Saturday Morning Monster Mash. So, also on Rad Pantheon. Check that out for a lot of toy talk. And uh, Zarakis on Instagram, it's Z-A-R-A-C-I-S. Um, and then just, uh, I believe it's just Mike Alvarez on, on TikTok. I don't even remember what my TikTok account is, but I make a lot of videos on there. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure either. I just follow people. I don't know. Um, but yeah, speaking of following people, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Comics Boost, spelled comics with an X, uh, where I like to spotlight crowdfunding campaigns for mostly comic book projects. Uh, and like Mike said, you can also find uh, this podcast, Comics Boost, Boogeyman's Closet, everything else at RadPantheon.com, where uh, we are an art collective of podcasters, artists, musicians, you name it, photographers, uh, sculptors, uh, all banded together to you know share our audiences and share with you as much rad stuff as you can handle. And obviously, you can follow us anywhere on social media at Raised by Rentals and RaisedByRentals.com. And with that, I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we have to return some videotapes. Raised by Rentals is a member of the Rad Pantheon Network. Visit radpantheon.com to support rad stuff. The theme music is Forbidden Fruit by Velvet Bethany. You can purchase music and learn more at velvetbethany.com. Okay, mother... <laughs>